Mazza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Well, well, Steve made it. I did. Jesse was already here. Yes, I was. I drove for five hours today, and I don't want to call him friend of the show. I feel like that's not fair to him. I want to call him best friend oh, of the show. Really? Reporter Chris Johnson is also here. We're so excited to have BFF. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Podcast pal. The only guy. I might have traveled the longest distance to get here. Yeah, where did you come from? Summer vacation. Uh, uh, just uh, deep, guy. deep down the hole of not working. So yeah. just the, like the notion of like setting a time to meet someone somewhere that isn't like in my living room <laughs> and getting there on that time felt like a real victory. What do you watch during the summer? I find myself like putzing around my new place, like putting stuff away and like I put on like Paramount Network and watch Bar Rescue because it's just constantly on and I love that show. What do you what do you put on? I'm a giant sports nerd. So you're at sports all the time. I'm watching sports like 95% of the time. So I'm so watching Tour de France. I watch Tour de France. I watch all the golf tournaments since the Open. L- the tennis? Since the no, open. I'm watching yeah. tennis. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Jays games at night. Mm-hmm. And we've started watching actually my wife and I Killing Eve. Yep. Yep, we've been watching that Netflix? too. It's awesome. No, it's uh, not on Netflix. Great. FX. FX. FX, yeah. And uh, we've only seen five episodes, but it's been awesome. It's one of those shows that, like, I wish I could binge watch it, but I can't. So it's it's uh, the the episodes are coming out like one at a time every Sunday night. So like a normal TV show. I got two of like those shows TV on the go right now. It's Killing Eve and uh, Castle Rock. I'm I've heard right uh, Castle Rock's really good. You got to you have to watch Castle Rock. Stephen King. Oh yeah. It's basically some of the same. The main creepy guy is the Swedish guy. I forget his name who played Pennywise in It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's freaky. It's really good. You'll really like it. Now, I've been hearing The Americans is worth getting into, but... Uh, I've heard that, too. I haven't mm-hmm. gone A lot down of that shows are good. I, the Americans I've heard is good. I, I could tell you uh, Amazon Prime is worth investing in as well, because I haven't... Adam, you have all of them. I have all of them. I have all <laughs> the streaming services. I am, I am fanatic. Whoa, what do I... What do I do? Chris you, talks about not crave. Having a few weeks off. You I'm don't, like, I've been off for two months, man. You don't put together your barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. true. I did buy a barbecue and, and had and the store put it together. someone yeah. to put it together. Well, Even it though free. you have all of the okay. time to it's figure fr- it out. I can spend four hours doing it and screwing it up the way mm-hmm. I screwed up my master bedroom, which I did. I, we had an ottoman bed, and I screwed it up, and I had to reorder parts for it. Well, do you mean like a Murphy bed? Well, a Murphy bed is the full weight. Ottoman bed's half. Okay. I got a Murphy bed... <laughs> and that's like it's left scars putting that thing together. It's, thank you. It was like thank you. It took ten hours with four functional adults. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. I feel Never. So, and we saved like a thousand dollars, which is a lot of money in a way. But it was yeah. not worth that ten hours. Like it was. If I could go back, I would pay a hundred dollars an hour to not have done that. So, so like, here's what here's what I would ask <laughs> you: if you were if you bought a nice barbecue and this is a good barbecue, I was like, yeah. I want this barbecue to last. It's a Weber. I'm very proud of this purchase, and. They said, we'll put it together for free and we'll deliver it to oh, your house. Free. You didn't oh, say it was free. Free. Okay. free. And the warranty <laughs> for 10 years. No, you literally <laughs> said you paid someone. Oh, but no, Jesse said I, I paid uh, someone. Because you never mentioned that it was free. Well, to put, yes, yeah, then. of course it was free. Okay, <laughs> that's not usually the case. Oh. Usually it's you pay someone. Exactly. No. Like, hey, yeah. extra $50 fee, we'll put this together for you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know it was free. Of course you take that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's dumb to not take it. Thank you. Would you, would you <laughs> rather right be choice. Adam, who had a responsible adult put together his barbecue or me who tried to put a donut on my car the other day got the car up on the jack car rolled off the jack 
Oh. Freaking, if I was under it, I'd be dead. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, have so, you guys made plans? Like, if you die, does it become the Adam Wilde podcast? <laughs> no, Jesse, for sure. No, yeah, yeah, it's the Steve but, Dangle Memorial podcast. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep the name going. I didn't know if you guys had... Yeah, it's a, we it's had, a touchy we, subject. We don't, have a, we, we don't have a really... Is there, like, a will plan? for the program? Like, uh, Adam, Adam and Jesse are allowed to profit off my death. It's okay. I think... Ah, yeah. T-shirts. All proceeds go to us. Our hearts are broken. No proceeds. It's profits. I think Mrs. Dangle should get a few of the proceeds. She gets a free one. Uh, she gets a free one. Yeah, so. <laughs> a free one, but like a few sizes too big so she can like wear it to bed and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. like a Jays game t shirt, you know, where it <laughs> yeah. doesn't really That's, fit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, when Jesse and I would turn it into like a Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless when they were together and they were at their hype, their yeah. height, that would be, it would be our. No, I will argue this point and get louder. And then he will argue a point and get louder than me. And it would just be a, an hour of that. I have the show. You take points that I had previously made and try to defend them. Jesse has to tear them down as he usually would. Advantage uh, Jesse. I like that. Mm. We call because it that's just what he does Actually, anyway. we call the show Advantage Jesse. There you go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's also a tennis show now. Yes. Yeah. We only talk about tennis. Uh, so, Chris, you've had a good, that good off places. season. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good. We should Before we go on, we should have your SDP listeners to send me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions for shows? So they do still have a couple weeks of semi-freedom here. Oh, at oh you're Chris. about to get inundated. So. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of them. All right, <laughs> anyone who just waste my time with something stupid, I'll probably just flip by it. I'm not going to block anyone, but try to keep it shows I might actually want to watch. You might like Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> Simpsons, give that a shot. It might be great. Delete <laughs> blueprints. <laughs> have you heard of it? Man, other Tim than those, those two shows that I mentioned, I've been watching hockey highlights. I've honestly been watching hockey highlights. Does that make you nauseous that I've been doing that? Or? No, we I'm, not, I'm trying not to judge, but that's... <laughs> Don't try don't try it. not to. It don't try not to judge. Something there, a little yeah. sick puppy. <laughs> Mostly just like Leaf Overtime winners from last year and like shootout winners. That's weird. No, it's not. It's it is. Super it's a great. little weird, man. No, it's the best. Matthews versus Chicago. Oh, be still my beating heart. I don't even remember that. Wasn't it Nylander? There were t- <laughs> no. There was one at home, and there was one on, on the, the road. road. Was Nylander penalty shot? Wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, which tied an NHL record for fastest overtime goal. So I'm sorry. I'm sick. I'm sick and demented. I'm sorry. I've spent the last six weeks trying to forget that stuff, and you're like, yeah. I want to cement this in there. <laughs> oh, only the if I'm if I'm on a highlight pack and I know they lost that game, I'm like, ah, oh, no, nah, nah, skip over that one. You know, I only want to see the wins. Do you remember which games they won and lost? Uh, a shocking amount of them. Like yes. if we, we're not going to do this, but if we no. went through the schedule, Jesse, bring up the what schedule. percentage? <laughs> I think I do pretty decent. Even if we included overtime win or overtime loss, could you? Ooh, that one, that tougher. might be rough. That might okay. be rough. We'll, we'll okay. see. Let's pick a random month. All right, let's pick a random. What, month. We got to like figure out the record. Well, no. Je- what Jesse will do is he'll say on November whatever. We should do like February. February, yes. Because, like, even the most locked-in hockey fan in February is like, all right, when's the playoffs starting? Yeah, What's going on here? Okay, so, yeah. so take the Leafs schedule from February, and we'll just go through each game, and Steve will tell you what the result was. I but was not, probably you at 90% of these games, and you would outdo me on this. I would. You, wanna you guys want to go head-to-head? Head-to-head! Yes. All right. Yes! But how do we, <laughs> you don't get a choice. Let's go! <laughs> how do we maintain the, like, if he just yells out win? No, you, uh, that's... Do you have to write it down or something? His guess, your guess. And, okay. and he t- says tie-break is score. Yeah, tie break is score. I'm not gonna know any scores. <laughs> All right, Adam, somebody, you gotta keep score. Okay, I'll, I will yeah, keep score. Yeah. I will keep score. All right, Leafs played the New York Rangers on February first. 
You have to say where it happened. Yeah. Uh, they were in New York. Road game. Rangers. Leafs. I want to say... I want to say that was a Pavlik game. Oh and I think the Leafs won 4-2. Don't even try with the score. Just say they won. The Leafs but won. he's showing off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I might be totally wrong, and then I look like a dick. So what do I have to say here? Just say win or loss. Win or loss. And then Jesse says if it's a tie, then you, then you guys have to guess win. the score. You're going with win, and you go with win? I go with win. It's a tie. Okay. Score. So what was the score? I think it was 4-2. 4-1. Four nothing. Oh! oh! So you guys are even. You're even. Okay. <laughs> oh wait. So how are, how are no, you? No, that's then. That's just a. That's a non-point. No, but Chris was closer. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That Chris is right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. That works. I <laughs> totally <laughs> cheated there, though. I just. Yeah. I basically took the one dollar. I actually Whatever. should have went for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That fun. that Saturday they play Boston in Boston, February third. Oh. In Boston. In Boston. That I was a lot. The gray ones are road games. So Chris says loss. I think that was. Th- oh. You know what? That's the second half of a back to back, right? No, it's not. It's not? No, that was a day in between that uh, Rangers game. This is going to be a so terrible it was a, podcast. it was a loss. Then. I know, I'm going to go with the loss. Okay. I'm going to go with the loss because there was that loss? crazy game where McElhinney robbed them, but it couldn't be that game. Okay. Chris, what do you say? Are we tied? What did you? What did I said you, loss first. It, it was a loss. And so, so, what was the score? The Leafs lost four-one. I think it was four-one as well. Are we allowed to guess yeah. the same one? Yeah, it was four-one. Yeah, Saturday. Wow. February okay, 30. we get it was four-one. They right. both get a point Ding. for that. Uh, we need some sound effects. For yes. this. we need a bell. Oh uh, damn! I used to have a bell. You did. I, sorry, we didn't prepare this ahead of time. So. <laughs> yeah. right, Monday, Can you tell? <laughs> Monday, they're at home. They're playing Anaheim. Oh, that was a crazy game. They won. Leafs won. Only because he sounds like he re- remembers. I'm going to say the they score? won. They did win. I want to say it was it was like 7-4. 2-1. It was 7-4. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, whoa! I don't remember how to long divide, guys. That was like, Monday, February 5th. Wow. Did you forget your anniversary? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know anything except so we're, the Leafs. We're tied up at two. All tied up at two. All right, Wednesday, February 7th, they play Nashville at home. We were at that game. Yes, we were. So that's unfair. Yeah, just sorry. say it. Just say Leafs it. Leafs won. Except I was supposed to go first. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So that was a Leafs win. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Score. 4-2. It was 3-2 in the shootout. It was 3-2 in a shootout. <laughs> that is so unfair. <laughs> wow. I, I was there. I don't remember that. I love this game so much. I'm Sorry. enjoying this. All right, let's keep going. Saturday, February 10th, they play Ottawa at home. Chris, since Steve stole your turn. Yes, sir. There's a couple Ottawa games in that period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Ottawa and Buffalo to end the season. Hockey Night in Canada. They won that game. There was the one where Marner went off. But there was also the one where like Kadri scored off someone's face. The Leafs okay. kept tying it Remembering up. Remembering random Ottawa okay, games. Yeah. The, you I think to, they lost. I think they lost. I said win. Leafs won. Oh, yes. Leafs won 6-3. Tied up at three. All right. The next Monday, they played Tampa at home. Oh, I remember this game. The lightning got stuck here because of a snowstorm. Oh, oh wow. I don't remember. That. So, who won? 
Tampa. I it was Tampa. <sighs> Ty, you're both incorrect. Whoa! Whoa! It was a four-three victory for the Leafs. That's a non-point. <gasps> that was the one. Maybe where I'm the mixing Leafs, that up with another the game. The Leafs maybe. got a three-nothing lead. Tampa came all the way back. Leafs ended up winning it. That doesn't. I, I it doesn't get bonus points. No, I know. But I'm saying <laughs> what's what right now? Showing off. Real. Three all. all right. That this Wednesday. whole game is showing off. <laughs> <laughs> that Wednesday, Leafs play Columbus it, at, at home. home. At home. In February. Who's February, guessing first? This day? is Valentine's Day. Steve goes first. Leafs won. Leafs lost. The Leafs won. 6 3. I was there. It's, it's, you were there. <laughs> you went to a lot of games this year. You went to I a did. game on that. It was the Mrs. most Dangle. games I've ever been to. Was Mrs. Dangle with you? Yes. Okay. So Steve is up 4 3. She had a crazy record this year. She won like. They won like six or seven straight games. That she was there. Until the playoffs. Yeah. Wow. Until the playoffs. Uh, Saturday, Including February 17th, Leafs play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Uh, Staggles. Oh. Yeah. No, no, your turn. Loss. I say loss. It was a loss. What was the score? That was the one that went right down to the end. 5-4 Pittsburgh. 5-3 Pittsburgh. 5-3 Pittsburgh. Oh! <laughs> the empty Woo! net. That's why I was Strangely enough, the score is now 5-3 Steve. Oh. Whoa. I'm just throwing that out there. there. Back-to-back games. They go to if Detroit. If Vegas was handicapping this, I would have got oh, points God. for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, Dangle would have been like, it's like if we're playing golf, I'm giving him a few strokes. Yeah. He have to give me strokes. In What's this your set? handicap? <laughs> we're going to have to play this game again. He's a scratch leaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, back-to-back games. The Sunday, they played Detroit in Detroit. So wait, the Saturday was the Pittsburgh game. Saturday's Pittsburgh on the road, Detroit on the road, the Sunday. I think the Leafs won. Loss. Leafs won, 3-2. Jeez. Wow. All right, all right. Tuesday? 6-3. Rattelini was like unbeatable. (laughs) Chris, uh, Tuesday, they play Florida in Florida. Uh, No, at home. February what? 20th. Leafs win. Leafs win. What's the score? 4-2. They played it. There was a barn burner and a close one. I think this was the close one. I'm going to say 2-1. It was 1-0. Oh! I guess that's a point for... That's still Steve. Steve, Steve yeah, he's closer. closer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm already dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is There's four more games left. All right, do, do, it, do it. Do it. All right, Come on. Four more games. Sorry. Thursday, February 22nd, they play the Islanders at home. What happens? Steve first. Leafs win. John Tavares still played for the Islanders then. Yes. <laughs> Leafs win. They did win. What was the score? I got to go first. Five yeah, nothing. Yeah. Three nothing. It was four three. That goes to Chris. Yep. That oh. does go to Chris. Four three in the shootout. Wow. Well, I had the wrong game. This was in Toronto? This was in Toronto, oh, yeah. Four, I had the wrong game. Oh. All right. <laughs> Thought of a different one. I love that he's never wrong. He only has the wrong game. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the game where Dermot and Paul scored their first goal. I wish which I had five this when I was in high school. Like, I just wrote the wrong test. I didn't oh, know the answer. Oh, no, that's what I said. <laughs> I knew the other answer. You just gave me the wrong questions. <laughs> I was letting you guys have one. I was letting you guys have one. All right, All right let's do it. Saturday, February 24th, Hockey Night in Canada. Leafs play Boston at home. Chris is first. Lost. Leafs lost. No, Leafs won that one. Chris would have been on headlines that night, too. Mm -hmm. Leafs Leafs won. I had other things to do other than watch the game. (laughs) (laughs) What was your answer? Leafs won. You're both correct. Leafs did win. What was the score? 3-2. I think it was 3-2 as well. It was 4-3. So it's not even going to point. But very close. No point? I actually remember that game. Or both point. 
Same Both point, yeah, no point. Um, Monday, February 26th, Leafs go to Tampa, play Tampa. What's the score? Leafs lose. Leafs lose. Leafs do lose. What's the final score? That was ugly. 4-1. Uh, I was gonna, my honest answer is 3-2. It was 4-3 Tampa. So Steve's a little closer, right? Steve is a little that, closer. I think the Leafs were yeah. down big in that game and came back. Yeah, they yeah. lost in the shootout, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, final one? February. Oh, no, they were head big and blew it. Oh, is that the one? Uh, yes. I remember yeah, Babcock. Yeah. They blew two three-goal Because then they went to yeah. Florida, right? The next, the next day? Next day, back-to-back, they're in Florida. On the Tuesday, February 27th, last question, who wins? Uh, Florida. Florida. And what was the score? 3-2 in the shootout? 3-2. 3-2 in overtime. Oh! You both die. You both get a point. Wow. 8-4. those keeping track. 8-4, Steve right. over Chris. And Chris was at a lot of those games. <laughs> I was at a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were, man. Man. I did not plan on that. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I bet that there are listeners that could have that are just out there. They could have. They knew oh them one hundred percent. Yes, because there was a time in my life I would have remembered everything. The listeners game. are That's... without a doubt smarter than us. So and they're younger. They got less junk. Yeah, <laughs> like, up true. in the head. Mortgages and things, or even things. just like past seasons. Yeah, that's true. I met a, I met a kid. I was at a sports night golf tournament last week. And nice guy came up and introduced himself. Big fan, all this stuff. He's like, I was born in '99. Like I don't even remember playoff runs. And oh, I was like, Oh my god. Wow. What well, a, and then how, he how, looks like he looks old now. Like this is yeah, you can buy alcohol. Yeah, for That's sure. Nearly a twenty-year-old person. I know. <laughs> That's insane. Would, like he would have been like five when Eddie Belfour left town. That's how yeah, crazy. Left town. Like we we realize we've started to have to do that when we talk about like vintage Sundine. Like uh, there's a fair chunk of our yeah. listeners who don't remember, Two, weren't alive. Two thousand six feels like yesterday. Two thousand seven feels like yesterday. Even two thousand two. Yeah. Like not that far, man. That's what a great playoff run will do, though. And that's yeah. what the younger people, I think, are going to get here soon, is that when you go through, like, a 99 or a 2002 or 93 for those old enough at the Leafs. 94 and, wasn't bad, either. It never gets any love. It's because 93 was just, like, a glorious... It's like the Jays. 2015 was way better than 2016. That's true. Hmm. That's true. But, like... There's just more, like... They're, it's like, exciting. that close it's against new. Vancouver. Like, they, like they oh, were close. Yeah. yeah, they lost in five, though. You you have a nasty enough playoff series against anyone in the second or third round. They nearly lost to San Jose in that playoffs. Did they? In game seven, they had a shot go off the crossbar. Whoa. And San Jose back then was beating nobody. Yeah, that was uh, the Archer's Urbe San Jose Sharks, I think. Was Jeff Friesen playing at that point? Oh, no, I think that's I mean, it's, pre-freezing. It's probably unfair, but the way the hockey would have viewed that as like an indignity if you oh, had lost yeah. to San Jose at yeah. that point. And that's when the Leafs were in the West, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why they were playing San Jose. Such a wild time. Yeah. <laughs> they could have played in consecutive years, Montreal and then New York. That would, like, original six matchups two years in a row. That would have been pretty cool. But they would have lost to both of them, I think. Yeah. Honestly. The, the, <laughs> the point I was going to make is a nasty enough playoff series, like in the second, third, Maybe even Stanley Cup final, you'll hate that team for the rest of your life. Like as a fan, mm-hmm. like that's why. Like the Sens, like I'm sorry. Like I know it's Leafs Habs. That's the big rivalry. I, eh, I'll never I hate the Habs as much as I hate the Sens. Like I, 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 the Habs and Bruins are a bigger rivalry yeah. from Montreal standpoint. Yeah. Way, bigger. Like, Way bigger. Like even Montreal, like it's like historical, but it's not really today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's if they played now, though, it'd be cool. Totally, totally. But it's just the recent history is just not there. You so know, for Leafs Habs. As a Leafs fan, who do you hate most? 
probably Flyers and Devils. Really? Not Boston? Oh, and Boston. Boston. Sorry, if we're talking childhood, Flyers and Devils. Now it's... I can't even hate the Bruins because they just... They won those damn things. They they won them cleanly. You know you know what I mean? Like it's there was something so so depressing about this year's loss. I really thought they were going to avenge it, and they lost it in the exact same damn way. Killed me. Killed me. I think you're just more like beaten down by the leaf. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you're beaten down. Yeah, I was pretty depressed <laughs> after that. After that playoff series, and there's been a lot of change. So I kind of want to get your reaction to a lot of stuff that in the that's happened in the off season. But do you think that there was a a coming together of minds with Leafs brass about the way players were deployed, about the type of like the style of hockey that they were playing? Uh, you know, obviously you can't. I don't. I don't think you can pin that on Jake Gardner, right? Like you can't. You know, yeah, he had a bad game, fine. Okay, fine. But the style of play that they were playing was going to lead to an issue one way or another. Maybe, but you know, when I look back, I think it's hard to say they learned something from the playoffs. I mean, I think the players individually might have. But just because when you get a new GM, I mean, Kyle's going to make different decisions than Lou would have. We can all understand that without yep. having to ex- you know expand on it too much here. You know, they've they've watched four or five guys leave right away that they didn't basically even try to resign. And so just by virtue of those two things, they're going to be different this year anyway. I mean, even leaving Tavares aside just for a moment. Oh, uh, that, oh that guy. Yeah. But but even, you know, even if they didn't get him, they weren't resigning Bozak, JVR, Komarov, uh, Polak. I mean, all those guys were gone and they were all playing game seven, right? So I guess uh, Komarov was, was scratched for game seven, but still mm-hmm. the, uh, so I, I don't know. If there has been a meeting of the minds, it was such a strange series. I mean, the way the Leafs started it. Like, I mean, they started dead. They didn't lose. Steve would know this, but <laughs> they didn't lose one game all year by four goals, and then they lost yeah. game one and game two by four goals to Boston. I mean, they, they totally fell on their face. They scraped back in it. They had a chance to win in game seven and fell apart. So, you know, I, I think it's a disappointing. I think individually, like Austin Matthews clearly – will take that to heart the the way the season ended. I'm sure it's been on his mind all summer long. You know, Mitch Marner probably f- feels good. I mean, not but the way that the team season ended, but how he played. You know, I think it was good to see Patrick Marlowe play so well in the playoffs. He was so good. He was. Yeah. The Kadri suspension. He's got to be thinking what about that. What a huge hit yeah. that was. The good was. thing about Nazem, I always maintain, is that stuff just rolls off his back. So I'm not, <laughs> okay. he might be the one exception who just like walked away and was like, well, ah, it's hockey. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I don't care. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, yeah. I think it's actually, it's mostly a positive quality. I think that mm-hmm. it allows him to play in Toronto and especially in his younger years, he was the, you know, so much the the focus of all this controversy and it never got to they him. called him fat when he was like, the best prospect in the organization. That. that was a long time ago. But like, yeah, my point is, is like most players would have been totally destroyed by some of what he dealt with. Mm-hmm. It basically took him three years of going up and down between the Marlies and the Leafs before he was a full-time player. I mean, that, that's ancient history. But, you know, for him, I just think that that attitude has helped carry him to this point. But you have to live with it occasionally maybe. I, you know, I think in areas like that, the, the coaching staff might want him to have a little bit more self-reflection. I just don't think it's in his nature. You know, right. he just, he believes in himself and he should. He's a great player and... You know, he's he's the one guy, though, I'm guessing, honestly. Like, you, you watch when he's asked about it by one of the reporters. They'll just be like, well, you know, it's hockey. Well, you know. When uh, I remember there was a bit of a, there was some shade 
from Freddie, kind of mid-season, sort of right after the uh, the bye week or whatever. And it was basically at the old guard. And I want to say Naz was involved in that. I can't remember exactly. Do you think that gets taxing, like, on his teammates at all? His kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say he's aloof or anything, but, ah, you know, three-game suspension in a playoff series, not a big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I th- I think he's liked by the guys, honestly. I yeah. mean, he's a he's a damn good player, and I, and I don't, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to focus on that that one sort of observation on his personality and, and extrapolate it too far here, because to have back to back thirty goal seasons and and to play the competition he did, I mean, he to me is an interesting character in what's to come this year, though, because clearly being the third center now is going to change what his world looks like. I mean, he he probably off power play one. I'm guessing, although that's. That's purely a blind stab. It's not based on any information. I don't think anyone knows quite how they're going to do that. But, but you know, he's been part of that really successful top power play unit. Uh, he's going to play fewer minutes. He's going to get – he's probably not playing with Mitch Marner much, uh, I, would, I wouldn't think, at, at five on five, you know, assuming everyone's healthy and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he's going to have to take a little bit lesser of a role. And, and I think it's one thing to say, yeah, I want to win, and this is great, and we know he's got a history of John Tavares. But the reality might be a little bit tough to swallow the pride, I think. Uh, but you know, my sense is he's really well liked. I mean, even looking at the videos at surface of his wedding this summer. I mean, right, yeah. the whole team's in there, you know, doing the dance, and you know, I, I he's he's a really easy guy to love. I think you know, even as a media guy, he's one of if I had to do a power rankings of favorite interviews, he's he's easily in the top three. And I haven't done this, so I don't I don't have my list thoughts, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thought totally through. But he's without question, you know, one of the go to guys, and and you know, I think that he has that personality in the dressing room too. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the the changing of the guard, it was very clear what the guard change was, right? Obviously, you've got guys left over from the almost, you know, Brian Burke here, right? I mean, that JVR is a Brian Burke trade. Um, I, we finally moved on from the John Ferguson era because Komarov was the last holdover from that. He was drafted by John Ferguson. Jake right. Gardner's still tied to Brian Burke. Yep. That's right. That's right. Okay, fair enough. No, um, What do you think this does for team chemistry forget again Tavares forget Tavares in this with those guys out of the room is it a good thing is it a bad thing is it time is it you know like is it did they kind of look at it and go well a we can't afford them but b it's time well it's opportunity right you know I think that's the biggest thing if you're a younger winger on this team and you know there's only one way to look at that I mean JVR you know he played fewer minutes last year than he has but was still getting that prime spot on the power play and still Getting some of those minutes, you know, Bozak was on PP one. You know, I think that that for the younger guys on the team, that it, you know, clearly if this is their team now, uh, you know, it's a chance to play more and and be more important. You know, it it might not go smoothly initially. I mean, I think I'm very high on the Leafs' chances in general, but it, there it, there could be some growing pains out of the gate because you've had a lot of stability there in those guys. We've had that theory. We think that they're going to struggle in October. Yeah. Well, it's. Be hard not to. I mean, okay, well, aside from Except Freddie, that they could just win on their talent. I mean, that's or yeah. that, which is what they, <laughs> they did could. last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, oh, I, we blew a four goal lead in our home opener. Mm-hmm. Ah, never mind. We'll just score another six. What was it? Three goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Win eight five. Ridiculous. Um, I don't remember well, where I was. Going I just, with that. you know, I I, I wonder <laughs> with you know because we have heard a lot about leadership, and Austin Matthews obviously had the interview with Jonas Siegel that just came out yesterday or today. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, they were talking about, he said, you know, if they asked me, I'd be ready. Um, and I don't think the captaincy is really all that important to the overall team, but it has to be important to the players, no matter how much they shrug it off. And is this going to be a season where 
we see Tavares and Matthews both wear A's and there's no there's no captain. I could definitely see no captain. I think that yeah. there's not a compelling reason to have to do it. I mean, it's really only the media that's talking about this, right? You know, I, sure. I don't think that it's it's hard to make an argument that it's really impacted the team not having a captain the last couple of years. We even saw Vegas, you know, get through to the cup final and not have a captain and have to say, hey, Derek England, by the way, when we, we win the Western Conference, you got to go take that trophy. Um, but it's a real thing for specifically Tavares and Matthews. I mean, you know, what you're talking about here is that the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. You're the guy who goes and gets it. And I, I realize there's a whole lot of other things that go with being a captain, but you know, you're on this this team that's starting to look like it could be a super team. You're trying to end a 50 plus year Stanley Cup drought. I mean, there's some value in being yeah. the guy who yeah. is, you know, going to get some credit and going to get called over potentially by Gary Bettman if the Leafs do manage to get it done at some point in the next couple of years. I mean, that's what those guys. That's what you're thinking, though. Dying, I mean, Chris. You're John Tavares. <laughs> You've just signed a seven year deal. You're Austin Matthews. You're probably going to sign an eight year deal. You know, at some point in the near future, you're thinking in the course of those contracts, you have a team that should win the cup at some point. That's what those guys are thinking. And yeah, I think, come on. I mean, these guys are competitive mofos. I mean, you don't get as good at this one thing as they are. Uh Both top 10 players in the world, in my opinion, without having a drive to want to be the best all the way along. And they took, you know, remarkably different routes to get there. But I think that they both would want it with true serum. I I don't see it though as like a friction issue. I, I okay, so it won't be something that like when one gets it inevitably and the other doesn't, they're not going to be upset about it. I don't think so. I mean, we're guessing a little bit on that. Mm. I mean, I think it's probably to me it's probably more important to Austin mm-hmm. because John's done it. Well, John's done it. I think I don't know. It's still Austin's team, in my opinion. I mean. He, he's the guy, lots has changed around Toronto that, that made the Leafs better, but drafting Austin Matthews is number one on the list, I think, winning that lottery for changing the outlook of the organization. I think even forgetting a John Tavares, I mean, this is not in any way to throw shade at, at Nylander and Marner, but if you have those guys but not Matthews, I think it's way harder to get Tavares to come. But he came because he, he doesn't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's great for Austin, too, that you have two absolutely elite centermen, you know, in the prime of their careers, uh, presumably. So I think it still would probably mean a bit more to Austin. He's younger. He hasn't done it. He's never been a captain in his life. He didn't play on teams when he was a kid. Wow. Right. I mean, yeah. he did mostly skills work and would go for a tournament here and there with different teams, you know, really till he got to the U S development program. He, he wore an A there Then he was in, you know, Switzerland for a year and two years with the Leafs. I mean, this guy has barely been on teams compared to, you know, like John Tavares would have been on teams when he was four years old and right through, and has been a captain numerous times. You know, I, I think that it probably means more to him deep down. I wonder if um, just because Austin is, um, you know, the guy they drafted. I wonder if it's Maybe, where they say, yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, it is as you said, it's Austin's team. This is a guy that's come up through the Leafs, and that's not John Tavares's fault. But you might say, all right, listen, John, you understand where we're coming from here. Mm-hmm. He's been here longer. This is his team, and. It's you. You're a, you're a leader in this dressing room, but I mean, to me, it has to be Austin. But the flip side of that is, if you're the Leafs, and and this is based on how they've done everything in the last couple of years, they're trying to minimize the expectations on the younger players, right? And mm. to me, if you look at it, you go, we could give it to John Tavares tomorrow, and it's not going to change much about him. I mean, he's just he's been through it. He's been the face of a franchise. Yeah, it's a little different with the Leafs, but the media thing's no big deal to him. You know, I, you know, and that's part of the job. 
honestly, is you're basically have to speak every day. And, and, you know, Austin has lost patience with reporters a little bit. You know, I haven't had any personal issues with him at all, but, you know, he's, he's still a young, fiery guy. I mean, I don't blame him whatsoever, but part of the job sometimes is to be like the, Your PR. the diplomatic leader of the yeah. dressing room at times. And, and so there's, there's probably let, there's certainly less of a known if you give it to John Tavares. I think that's probably why they won't give it to either of them, to be honest, this season and see how things play out, see how everyone falls in line. You know, I, I think Austin's going to be the number one center myself. I mean, I guess we'll have that debate all year long, but yeah, which even, line is the first one? One A, one B, right? Well, like that, that'll be like the hot take at some point. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's how we'll start. Austin on podcast, Matthews, a yes. second line center. You know, <laughs> I'm going to say Kadri's first line. Oh, oh wow, oh, yeah, because well, Matt Babcock does like to throw him out there to shut lines down right you know what? off the That's stuff. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we're going to put him up against uh, Jay Beagle. <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's going to be fascinating, though. Like, how do they yeah. distribute the minutes? Well, mm-hmm. when you do... 20- I know it's a great problem to have. It's not a, I'm not raising it like, how can they do this? It's They'll never find an answer, well, but I do think that there's... Wouldn't you do 2020 like, 15 5 Like, I, it's sort of... That's Yeah, that's the fascinating thing. So, Ian Maybe. Tullick... Ian Tullock was on yeah. Good Show. But don't you want Tavares and Matthews out there more than that? Well, they were... Matthews you could basically playing, not have a fourth-line center, I think. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to play... Like That was suggested. Essentially yeah. have someone who kills penalties or something. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what they think Part Lindholm can do. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know much, too much about Josh Joris, but that seems to be his only competition going into camp. Mm-hmm. And, and it's Lindholm, I mean, unless... It's Lindholm unless he loses it, right? But yeah. as we're sitting here now, three weeks before camp, it's Lindholm. I mean, Babcock's been do, clear about that. Now, why, okay, why do they believe in this guy? Well, he played at the Olympics for Sweden. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best players in Sweden last year. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's... But so, was, so were Andres Borgman and Callie Rosen. But this guy's older. Okay. He's 25, 26. I think, look, no one knows for sure. It's a, but first of all, fourth line center, you're not asking that much out of them. I know that they get a disproportionate amount of attention and passionate fan and bases. Second round like picks thrown their way, by the way. Oh my God, yeah. Well, right. But yeah. when you have the, these three centers in front of them, I, I don't think matter. the job is as much heavy lifting as no. elsewhere. And, and he's an adult. He's fully formed. I mean, look, Borgman played most of the year. For the Leafs, I know he got sent down later on, but I mean, yeah. those guys weren't not NHLers. They just they didn't necessarily move the, the move needle. the needle too too greatly. They still might be in play this year, though. We'll see. The, the blue line's got all kinds of mm-hmm. oh, I want to get disparate pieces. Oh, I'm sure it's coming, <laughs> but but I just don't know, think the fourth line is going to affect whether or not the team is successful. No, I mean right? you could just run the three lines. Yeah. Right? It could just be another X factor for them. But no, you're right. The yeah. big boys are gonna they're, they're a top heavy team. Sure, can't wait to see how Parlin home and. Tyler Ennis do. Like, it's really... There's no risk with Lindholm, though, we should say. I mean, he signed a one-year deal. Yeah. If it doesn't work, literally, I'm sure by November, they can be like, hey, agent, do you want to go back to Sweden and terminate the contract? I mean... Like Petri Conchiola. Remember that name? No, you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's a great thing. (laughs) Or, you know, Altonen last year, and he's gone back to the KHL after one year. But to me, those are zero-risk signings. Even Ozaganov now comes over on a one-year deal on the blue line. Like... I think the Leafs are smart to sign as many of these guys as they can, get them here, and see if they have something. And if you do, so ex- extend them and keep them. And if not, but well, I, ice time was an issue, and I wanted to. The reason I want to bring up ice time is because last year they talked about how, uh, and by they I mean us. We we all talked about how <laughs> the distribution of minutes were. The We're, flashing they. Yeah, yeah. they. The they was the they. Three of us in Some this people room. said. Yeah. No, I. Uh, <laughs> uh, the media. 
uh, and I hate using that term, but people in media circles were talking media. about talking about how I am the media. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> one guy. It's just one guy. Um, I. They were talking about how you know they they tried to keep Matthews and Kadri and a few of these other guys fresh for the playoffs, so they weren't killing them every night. Now, obviously, that rubs some players the wrong way, and especially come playoff time when the minutes didn't go proportionally in Austin Matthews' favor, mm-hmm. uh, that created an issue. Um, and I mean, Mike Babcock flew down to Arizona. We all know that story. What's your sense of how that that meeting went? Because we've heard from Mike himself, and he said it went fine. And we've heard from Austin, and he said it went fine, and it was blown out of proportion. But John Shannon of Sportsnet says didn't go well. Not from what he heard. Call John Shannon a liar. <laughs> well, that's well, I mean, basically how you teed me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. These, these are the stories we've heard. I'm not trying to like... But I mean, like, this is what we've heard. So what is it? So he is a liar. <laughs> See, now... Thanks, Harvey Levin. I don't like to be an alarmist (laughs) media member. And so my understanding of what happened here is that it's probably not the worst thing that some of this came out in the open. And and yeah, it leads to us discussing it. It leads to them answering questions about it. And, and, you know, all things considered, I'm sure both Mike and Austin would rather not have this be a topic. But I do think that there was some real talk that happened after the year. And, And look, when you come through a season like that with the expectations the Leafs had, with the way it ended, with the way it ended for Austin the injuries he dealt with. It was a hard year. It was an emotional year. He wants to be the best player in the world, and, and you know, he showed a lot of great things when he was healthy last year, but you probably don't look at it like he took a step that, or the step that he was hoping to take. And so some of that gets directed to, to Babcock, and, you know, I just don't see it as being that big of an issue. Like, the one thing that everyone forgets is half the players in the league, at minimum, hate their coach or don't like their coach <laughs> or have a disagreement with their coach. I mean... We can get into sort of splitting the hair on what it means, but the so it's not a lingering of, thing. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no, it's something to be anxious about. <laughs> no, but I don't look at how many players we we know. This is like a loosely guarded secret, if at all, that that Mike Babcock, by the time he was done in Detroit, mm-hmm. that the best players on that team were more than happy to see him go. Now, the best those players' best years of their career were when he was their coach. They're they needling them, cliff. being a pain in the ass, yeah. pushing them to be better than they think they can be. And I'm sure if you're Austin Matthews, and you know he's an awesome kid. Like I don't want to say anything negative about him, but he's still young. And he probably feels like he's made it some days, and Mike doesn't want to see him getting comfortable. So I think that there's a natural tension built into that relationship, no matter what, that Babcock is always going to have to push him a little bit more than he wants to be pushed. And I think he pushed back here, honestly. And look, a lot of it has to do with power play time. And it's a tricky one because the Leafs had one of the best, if not the best power plays in the league. And it was their second unit that was great. Their first unit. Oh, the first well, unit. well, the second unit became the first unit. Yeah, yeah. You would assume the, the non-Matthews unit. unit carried them yeah, to the exactly. stats. Yeah. Which is technically the second unit. Right. Yeah. To, to start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to start, yeah. Right. And so... You know, I think Austin would like to play more on the power play. And certainly there's the opportunity to do that now. And that's why, to me, one of the... I mean, I always... I've started to do this checklist because I'm getting a little itchy at home all these days when I'm not watching uh, Killing Eve or... I'm reading (laughs) Tiger Woods' biography right now. But uh, when I'm not doing those sorts of things, I'm starting to think like about camp. And to me, one of the first few days, if not second day, maybe on the ice, when they start showing the power plays, that's going to get my attention because that's the potential for a story if, if they end up... You know, dividing it up and Matthews Tavares on the same power play. 
Well, I mean, they could load up, right? They could have Nylander, Marner, Riley with Matthews Tavares or something oh like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Do you gross. think they'd ever go no defense on the power play? They've never shown it before, but why not? I, I mean, so here's the way I'll put that. Someone's going to start doing the NHL. Yeah. Because, you know, the 1-4 thing didn't it it happened slowly and then every team all of a sudden did it mm -hmm. uh, with one defenseman mm. i just think it takes it you know look at what you're worried about there is that the guy manning the point isn't used to that and under pressure he's going to give up shorthanded rushes against right mm. that's that's the only concern about having five forwards that you don't have but someone as comfortable yeah like we're, <laughs> listen, we're not we're not dumping on jake gardner we're just talking about what the power play might accomplish this year listen with guys like Riley and Gardner, pretty hard to make an argument that the Leafs shouldn't have them on their power play because they yeah. are that good, yeah. especially in an offensive situation. I mean, uh, Riley on defense is a completely different story, and I don't think Jake Gardner is as bad as he's painted. No, he's not. It's um, just fu fun to defense. make fun of things he does. Of course. Of course. It's the Brian he's, McCabe syndrome. He's going to be even more in the spotlight this year unless mm -hmm. he signs an extension. I know do you think they will? Do you they've think tried, they but oh, okay. they're, mm. you know, he's in a tough spot because... Let's face it, his next contract is likely going to be his last Big one. chance to take a swing. Uh, with where the Leafs are cap-wise, we all know, especially not this coming season, but the year after is going to be a squeeze, and that would be the first year of his new deal. And I don't sense he's that willing at the moment to take a big discount. It's not because he wants out of Toronto. I think he, look at it, it's, he's looking out for his future and his family's future. And Is that a player you look at dealing now because – because you can potentially recoup assets, or do you just go for it with the team that you have and 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 watch him walk? I don't know Kyle well enough to know what he would do, how he's going to view that. I mean, what a mystery, eh? He keeps his cards pretty close. Yeah. I mean, he's very he's awesome when you you see him in his scrums, like he's. But he's not. Even though Lou is gone, some of what Lou instituted with his media policy still exists even under Kyle, just in terms of information flow and things like that. So, you know, I don't, being if I'm being truthful, I don't have a sense how he's likely to view that. But I think that there's a chance he's traded, honestly. You know, not necessarily before the season, but during the season if, if, if the they right don't deal. go. I mean, look, I do know for sure they've had talks with his agent this summer, so they have at least got a, seal, a sense of where things stand. And, you know, they want Jake Gardner on a deal, like a bargain, and yeah. and, mm -hmm. and if he's willing to take a little less than he's worth, they could sign it today. I know that. Um, but if you're Jake, it's probably gnawing at him. Because it's the same thing with James Van Riemsdyk. I mean, it's actually a little different. But but JBR, I believe, even going back to last summer, would have signed a one-year extension with the Leafs then. Like, he didn't want to go into his contract here. He loved Toronto. Mm. But he also recognized that it was going to be his chance to get a contract. And look, he got $35 million on a five-year deal from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no chance the Leafs could entertain that and I think players it's tricky especially for guys that have been in a city for a while they see what's happening with the team you know it's tough to leave money out there I think a lot of fans say oh yeah don't worry about it it's a lot of money either way but these guys have to well these are I mean when you're talking about tens of millions of dollars it's it's a consideration you got to go take it because you're yeah. not going to get the chance again like right what, what Ryan Ellis just got I think would be a discount for Jake Gardner 625 discount for Ryan Ellis right? you know, it's yes but if you look at it, it's interesting. I don't you know? know how much more Jake would get in free agency, though. Maybe no? seven? He's got to be a $7 million guy. I mean, it depends on the season. Look, he's coming off, what, 250-point seasons. Yeah. yeah. If he does if a he third does one again, I mean, it's... And the cap's going up. I mean, it, he probably gets that somewhere. It's not unrealistic. He oh, no, get for sure he does. on this team. Yeah. yeah. But, 
you know, at the same time, and we haven't got there yet. The the defense still has some question marks, and well, let's go there. You know, let's the coach there. the coach likes Gardner. I think that's important here too. And and you know, Mike Babcock has more faith in him than most fans do, or 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 a big segment of the fan base anyway. I shouldn't say most. And so, you know, I don't think they're going to be trying to run him out of time either. It's just going to be about managing the asset if he doesn't want to sign a deal that they find uh, amenable. Gardner's that friend I apologize for, but keep bringing the parties. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Just because like, you don't know what he's going to do. So, yeah, Guys, trust me. He's going to be him around. Yeah. yeah, trust me. He's great. Just wait till like 11 o'clock. So he's going to do something nuts. You know, he's <laughs> he had so many, he had so many games where like even his biggest detractors, like you just point at them and go, look, 90% of the players in the league can't do that. Is he the only player like that can skip? He 500 foot passes that led directly oh, to a goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. like ridiculous, like off a face off, just kind of look around like wham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, the the fact that he could skate the puck backwards from behind the Leafs net all the way to the red line untouched. Yeah. He'd, he'd be skating backwards. Oh, did you see that Nylander goal? Yeah, did you see who got him the puck? It was Jake, man. Yeah. So, and I mean, on the Leafs defense, Kyle. So, so Kyle values that. Well, he of course. How could you not? But I mean, as as fans, we it's the Brian McCabe thing. You but see, Kyle's the not going to focus. I don't think as much on some of the glaring errors because he'll look at the the broader numbers, what they suggest in terms of how the Leafs control the puck when Jake's on the ice. So this is the interesting thing: having Tavares come on board, you know, takes away responsibilities from Matthews. Maybe takes away responsibilities from Kadri as well. What is that for Gardner? Like it can't be pummeling. Ron Hainsey into the Earth's crust again, right? I hope not. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the D pairs are going to look like. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, if they come back with Riley and Hainsey, I'll be surprised. Yeah, and that was basically that was the plan from training camp last year. And so when they were both healthy, because I know Morgan missed some time, but when they were both healthy, they basically played together a huge percentage of the season. And yeah. started off okay. Oh yeah, it just the second half was tough on Ron Anzi. Yeah, and he, and he had that playoffs. illness, right? Didn't yeah, he had the illness, and so did Zaitsev. Yeah, and that kind of knocked them out. But yeah, like I mean, with with those pairings, do you think Mike Babcock's the kind of guy who's open to just seeing what the heck sticks? Like, because you know Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner are L one, L two, and then you probably have or Travis, do you or do you or yeah, maybe I put them together. You can move one of them to the right side, which has happened before. Well, could you put Riley and Gardner together? Would they do that? I don't know. They've played together before. Numbers suggest that they should. Hmm. I, I brought it up earlier, but Ian Tullock was on, I think it was Good Show, a few weeks ago, and he brought up a few things. One was potentially icing seven defense because you you basically don't need your fourth line. Right. Uh, and, I saw that. I was smart. Yeah, but I don't know if their defense it, is good enough to ice it. Well, yeah, what he suggested, oh, let's get Martin Marincin in some minutes. <laughs> what he suggested, what wall... You have Martin Marinson as a utility guy who can maybe kill penalties. That was my first thought. But uh, yeah, why not cool. also, another one of his suggestions was why not try Riley Gardner? Because over the years or whatever that they've played together in the sample size, they're like a top 10 pairing in the league just based on, I don't know what metrics he used. We can all fight over metrics and stuff like that. But it's a dang good pairing. And then do you think from from... And I, we're gonna like I'm, I want to deep dive on the defense here because that's the biggest question mark. The Travis Dermott 37 game sample size is that big enough for you to say he can play top four minutes? Top four. Wow. It's big enough to try it. I think. I mean, he was really good. I this mean, is assuming Riley and Gardner become context a pair. is okay. always important, right? I mean, and so <laughs> when you look at the minutes Travis Dermott played in those 37 games, 
it was a lot of third pairing sheltered type of situations. So yeah, his Corsi numbers were great, but I think that there was a little more going on there too. I mean, this guy exceeded even some of the internal expectations. People were high on him. Obviously, he got mm-hmm. that promotion. He got to play, but he really took that and ran with it. I thought, and and you know, had a, a rough game or two in the playoffs, which I think you can give him a pass on. I mean, to me, he's earned a look there. But there's so many ways they can go with this. I mean, what are we going to have? Nikita Zaitsev has had two sort of very different seasons as an NHL player. So you, you could argue that he's one of the most important guys on the team, just because he eats up a fair bit of cap space and he's got a long contract. I mean. Figuring out what he is and where you can play him is going to be interesting. And then when we get to the third pair, we just got all these other guys. Yeah, like you got to think who's going to play. Like it's a great way of putting it. Yeah, all, all these, these other guys. Well, you've got Ron Hainsey's still a serviceable player. It's just right. you can't run him out there twenty minutes a night. It's too much. No. And I don't mean that they're all bad. I just I don't know what it's going to look like. It feels like a bit of a soup. And yeah, which two meatballs are coming out with the next scoop? Mm. You know, like, <laughs> but like, could you see? I don't know, Riley Gardner, Dermot Zaitsev. And and we're hoping to get eighty five to ninety percent of Nikita Zaitsev back, assuming he doesn't get hurt and he doesn't get ill. And probably not to start, for being realistic. Okay. I, I don't know though. I mean, look, Mike Babcock is literally sitting at his fire, writing down. That's his big thing. He sits at his fire up in Saskatchewan and and uh, like writes down. Right. Of course this stuff. he does. <laughs> of course he freaking does. He's probably got plaid shorts on too. Yeah, I, I <laughs> felt like a nerd until a second ago. Thank you for that. That's, <laughs> That's great. amazing. <laughs> and and you know, scratch, scratches all this down and debates it. And you know, what's interesting last year is he called Morgan Riley in, at the start of July, basically after they signed Hainsey, and said, "Hainsey's your partner." And apparently, that was like the discussion. Like it was basically like, <laughs> "Run, Hainsey's your partner." Just so you know, okay, bye. Basically, that there wasn't a lot of this is what we expect, or this is why we think it'll work. There wasn't a lot of rationale provided. But, you know, I have to suspect maybe some of these guys have a feeling where they're going to be. I, mm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of mystery here. At least I have a lot of pieces, and there's still a possibility for a trade. I, I think that... Really? Even even this late? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, you can't rule... It's not going to be the trade, though, that it's stops not the, the yeah, presses. Yeah. I don't it's not think. the TSN trade Needlander for every right-handed defenseman trade. Mm, no. Yes. Uh, it's, Man, someone... <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but whatever. Someone who is in the industry sent me a screen grab of all the TSN trade Nylander headlines. Oh my God. And it's actually comical. Like there's like, I'm not joking. There's like 40. Yeah. And you know, I get it. A lot of their, their talent get radioed. Like they go on one of the stations and just muse about something and it becomes a story, but it's almost like a campaign. And and I know it's not actually a campaign. It's just a prevailing thought that's in the that's been in the wind perplexingly for <laughs> my favorite thing was, going, was like how are they going to afford them look around the league at how many teams have like a 10 10 and 8 kind of situation there, there's actually a fair bit cap friendly is a website like yeah. just go there that's how look at all the <laughs> space they're right. fine it's just that we have too many toys we don't know what to do with them right now and i think the the with with regards to like the 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 thing the first thing that I remember seeing about this trade Nylander stuff was if the Leafs had gotten VC Nylander would have been traded by now. Oh, that was. And I remember who said it. Drager. And I, no, I don't even think it was it Drager. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I actually thought it was someone else, but it doesn't matter. Um, regardless, that one didn't age well. No, it sure didn't. <laughs> That's no. like an orange that we stuck in Steve's backpack back in October. I'm like, hey, what happened to this? <laughs> did you go to my elementary school? Someone did that to me. <laughs> I actually once did that to James Myrtle. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> True story. He came to my house years ago, 
and we were drinking a bit and he was being kind of like, he's, he's a funny guy, but he was being a bit of a pain in the ass. And so I grabbed no an orange Not and stuck James. it in his backpack <laughs> and he found it like months later. I have the picture somewhere. That is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So that was, <laughs> we'll have to ask him about that. It's not like I just pulled a hypothetical out there. That was a real world example. Well That's amazing. Yeah, round of applause so that was the, that like was the that. VC Nylander take in Myrtle's backpack, just <laughs> getting carried around for months. See, that's dangerous now because, like, what's the revenge? Is it coming? Mm. Oh, <laughs> it's years later, man. He's had two kids since then, so like, he's probably forgotten. He's you got like so? baby brain. It's oh, the yeah, long con. It's no, the long, no. yeah, it's the long. Maybe it's long, happening right now, and you don't even know it. Long like his limbs. You haven't figured it out. The yet. problem is, I've said it here, so he's going to be reminded of it somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Sh- no one will tweet him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig. I'll dig up the picture and share it. Oh, oh yes, that's amazing. Yeah, I got to see that. Please do. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, like it. Okay, so if there is a trade, because of course this is going to be the part that Sportsnet pulls out. Chris Johnson says, at least mm. still may make a trade. This is going to be the thing that makes the headlines on sportsnet.ca. But in context here, if we're talking about a trade, we're not talking about anything big, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, look at the only big trade at this moment is if Eric Carlson became a Leaf. I mean, of players oh. that, and obviously that would be gargantuan, but I don't see that many guys that I th- would classify as a big trade that are available at this point. Like move the needle trade. Like a right shooting defenseman, yeah. I, I just don't really see it. And so, and I don't see Ottawa ever trading Eric Carlson of the Leafs. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like, if, yeah, like fold the, the team. Like, if you do that, man. Over like, Eugene's, you know what? I mean, like, there's yeah, no yeah. chance. You're giving yeah. the heart and soul of the Ottawa. You're giving the best player the Senators have ever had to their number one rival. Right, and, and I, you know, I'm led to believe one of the things that's no. held that trade up in general is is moving Carlson is that Eugene won't approve, you know, some of the deals that are that have been out there. So... And I get it. Look, if you're going to do this, you got to be sure as an organization. Like if you're, and it seems like they're going to do it. I still believe that's going to happen at some point. So let's take him out of the conversation because I really don't think there's much reality there. Then mm-hmm. is there who? like, is, is Chris Tanev a, a needle mover? He's a top four right-handed guy. He plays about 40 but games he, a year. I mean, the fact he plays in Vancouver, I don't think he's a needle mover. In ter- like if you found out Leafs trade for Chris Tanev, would you freak out, Steve? Or? I'd be pretty excited. Yeah. You're my barometer, so. <laughs> I mean, I would. Would it be all caps in your Twitter feed, or? Uh, no. Well, if they give up Nylander, yes. Because um, I saw all caps yesterday for that Reichel. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because oh, I was God. just, I'm bored, man. Because you're bored. watching Leafs highlights from February, and you're yeah. like, wow. <laughs> now, now that the basement's done, like, I just, I got nothing else dragging my focus, and I'm just, I'm Amp for the season, man. So I'm like, Reichel for Shinkarek, that's crazy. Like Hell yeah. So you'd, you'd, it would just be sort of like, I mean, is it going to be a player that can differentiate themselves from a Marincin, Justin Hall, um, Ron Hainsey? Like, is it going to be a player above that level? If it I happens? could see them giving themselves more depth. And what because do you do? Let's you face flip it, a first for that? Because like, you, you can't give off the roster, right? At this point. I think you can give off the roster. You know, the Leafs still have some prospects, and they have. There, there's probably a trade out there that could be made. Okay, but again, I just don't think it's going to blow everyone out of the the water. But there's still three weeks to training camp. I'm sure someone's getting invited on a PTO that's a center mm-hmm. or that can play center. You just think to make sure. If he wants to come, you know, I would I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you you have to just bring some depth to a training camp, right? Sure. And so. And I also think, I am actually kind of coming around to Mike Babcock's thinking on this, that the Leafs, the focus on their defense is a little bit 
overstated. Why do you say that? Because they finished sixth overall last year with objectively a worse defense than they're going to have now and a worse team than they're going to have now. And that's not to say it's clearly the weakest part, specifically right-hand shot defenseman. Is if we're going to like pick apart the super team, that's that's where the string comes undone. But let's imagine a world where Timothy Lilligren turns into the player the Leafs think he can be in a year or two. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that problem isn't as bad as it used to be because you're going to have him playing here for nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. And Whee. so, and I do think there's some useful guys in the organization that can get you through. And I've just seen enough. You know, Nate Schmidt was really good for Vegas, but they had a lot of guys after that, and they were in the cup final. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to, like, run down Colin Miller or, you know. But they're, they're, they're not. Derek Anglin, like, nice guys. I mean, it's that. But oh, yeah. no one was looking at their blue line projections and going, like, wow, how do we get through this? And they beat Winnipeg <laughs> in five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they beat them in five. Yeah, the that Pittsburgh was... team that won the cup two years ago. Had yeah. Nobody left on Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey was one of them. Yeah. So I do think that. Because everyone wants everything perfect in sports. It, it, sure. Perfect doesn't exist. And I think the Leafs can find ways to use what they have and just be a machine so still. M- my thing is always just that the, the mobility and the ability to get the puck out of the zone. Like, you can't have another situation where Boston's well, dumping. isn't going to be out there. It, and that's a huge, like, I don't care what anyone says. I will debate them to death. Polak was a huge problem in the playoffs last year. Every single time Boston dumped it in, it was on his side, and he had to flip it over he to Dermot to try to get it later out. Later in the year, though, he did for sure. But oh, there is, March Polak, yeah. great. If you can't, if you can't, if you don't have that mobility, and that was the thing that he lacked. It's not that he wasn't useful. It's just that the mobility that he lacked really was glaring in those. In, and they really took advantage of Bruce Cassidy. Really, I thought had a very strong strategic series against the Leafs. Yep. Despite the fact that he almost lost it, and and I think. Um, well, if you have the best guy, line in the NHL, just turn through them too. Oh my god, yeah. scary, scary line. I mean, they that had a line. couple dips. You know, Bergeron missed the one game, but they were ridiculous. Same. Bergeron missed the one game and they won. Yeah, I know. Oh that, my god, that was don't, don't remind me of game four. But don't remind me. Were you, you at that one? You bet. Was that I the was one a, where you met the Matthewses? No, that was three, which mm-hmm. was the best night of my life. Yeah. And that was great. <laughs> <laughs> not not the night you got married. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you already forgot what day that was yeah. anyway. I mean, Man, I had to pay for that. Like, no, the game three was free. It was awesome. <laughs> I think you're going you're gonna to remember your anniversary of meeting the Matthews parents more than you're going to remember the actual anniversary. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> There's going to be like a video that next year on that day, like all the pictures, flashbacks. Yeah. I will remember. Yeah, like all the all the music and everything. It's going to be great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting us wildly <laughs> off. No, topic. it's okay. Yeah, on this show, never. Never, not at all. Well, no. It's it, August. Like, so, my brain's like, ooh. It's, <laughs> it, dude, we, the first 20 like minutes the of the show is guessing February. <laughs> yeah. So, we, you know, we just, like, I guess my question is, is it, is it, I mean, if it's not that bad, is it just mobility, and, and are they going to be looking at, like, how do we get the puck out of our zone as quickly as possible to get to the to the forwards? Is that sort of the, because the forward, and, and is it is it more the forwards need to start playing some defense, too, because there was a little bit of lackadaisical. Yes, yes I think that that's, that's got to be part of it. I mean, and I think the guys get that. The hard part, I think, is going to be keeping everyone engaged, because if they're as good as it looks like they should be, they're going to have that playoff spot wrapped up pretty early. January, maybe. Maybe not have the official X, but, you know, maybe be comfortably ahead of it. You know, guys, like this year, yeah. guys are going to yeah. be chasing some individual things. I mean, they could have some big point seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthews is still in a year where he can get the, the big bonuses. So when it gets to January, February, March, he, he's only human. 
Sure. If you could do something for $2 million, you'd be probably keeping an eye on what it might be. <laughs> Even with the promise of riches to come, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Back Absolutely. of the mind kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. he missed that because he was injured. He missed the $2 million bonus this year. So. Oh. He also said bucks. he wanted to have more assists than goals. I found that, that fascinating. That and that was, yeah, I like was that. fascinating, yeah. I like that. And he went out and he scored 40-plus goals, and now you want to top that with assists? And Nylander's yeah. like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so 40. It's kind of like the reverse Crosby. Because yeah. early in his career, the, the first year he had 106 points. Something like that, yeah. You look at Steve for no, confirmation. It was 100. <laughs> I think Ovechkin had 106. Okay. And Sid had, I think, 36 goals and whatever, 64 assists. Mm-hmm. Does that math work? I'm on it. And, and then, then, and then he decided he wanted to be a scorer. And, and, he, he, and he ended it. up having 50 goal seasons and stuff and won a couple of ro- Rocket Richards. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he copied Crosby, but it just reminds you of the brain of someone who's exceptional is that He's looking for a small weakness in his game and looking to to add a different element. But I don't see it happening, really. No? I mean, like, How? I mean, Nylander. <laughs> He's just such a good shooter. I mean, yeah. to me... And, and Marlo's, Marlo's not getting... Marlo's racking up the double the goals. The power play is where it could happen. Yeah. 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 He, didn't, he didn't have very many power play points in his second season, Austin. That's probably part of the issue, right? I remember the, uh, towards the end of the season, that unit... Uh, particularly Nylander and Austin got hot, but Matthews like scored a goal one night and he was freaking out. And they said on the broadcast it was like his second power play goal of the yes. season or something bizarre like that. Uh, in 81 games apiece in their rookie seasons, Crosby had 102 points. Ovechkin had 106. There you go. But he had 30 something goals, Crosby, right? Uh, I think so. 39. 39. There it is. But That's then, incredible. But then he set about trying to score more and he had 50 goal season after that. Because, Just you know, that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to, no one, you can always be better, right? So mm-hmm. I find it interesting that Austin said that to Jonas Siegel. I, I just don't see how it works. I mean, I guess, you know, he's, look, it looks like he's going to start with Patrick Marlowe now. So Zach Hyman, who doesn't mm-hmm. have the best hands, he's got a lot of good intentions. But, mm-hmm. um, no, you know, there's, maybe there's more opportunities at five on five. But to me, he just shoots so well and he's shot with a fair amount of volume that I'm not saying he can't get more assists, but. You know, how about scoring fifty goals? Like, why? Yeah. Why limit yourself? Yeah, the, it seemed like last season the line was set up so everybody just gets Matthews the puck so he can shoot it. And I right. don't know why you would change that this year when it seems so successful. Last <laughs> Maybe year. score off rebounds more. Yeah, and Early I wonder shoots, with yeah. uh, with shoots. Patrick Marlowe on that line. Like Patrick Marlowe's getting twenty nine goals and fifteen assists every year. I think Patrick Marlowe's a big finisher. So that mm-hmm. you know, if that gets Matthews. Say he gets fifteen assists. But Father Time is coming due there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when. But it hangs over things a little bit. Well, I mean, listen, if, if Zach Hyman can get 40 points with Austin, I got to feel, I feel like Patrick Marlowe still can. Mm-hmm. Right? His, like, he still can. His final season in San Jose and his first season in Toronto, the points almost identical. Same amount of goals, and I think he had one more assist. He had a few empty net goals last year. He, he did. Yeah, yes, he, he did. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. He had a few. You're right. You're right. Um, okay. I'm, not, I'm not trying to dog him. But <laughs> no, just, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Marlowe Sports, Island coming soon. Yeah, Sportsnet, <laughs> Sportsnet uh, on Twitter. Well, the trick is that the third year of his contract is the year they're going to have a contract squeeze. He makes 6.25 yeah. against the cap. Oh. I think he'll the develop. The actual money is low, much like Matt Martin's deal. Right. So there's a potential. He has a full no move, but there's a potential that this could be his last season in Toronto if they convinced him that he had to go. Or, you know, that he suddenly developed an allergy to his own equipment. Like uh, Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically yeah, speaking. Yeah. Like, uh, he, do you know what, though? He's an Iron Man. He ain't doing that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if like, hey, Patrick, do you want to go back to San Jose? That's the only play that I can see. Yeah, and I mm. think he would probably do that. Leafs eat some money, maybe. 
Don't it's know. a hard conversation to have, though, because you signed them. And yeah. well, and if the Leafs are on the cusp, how do you tell them? All right, scram. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's hard, man. That's hey, a tough thanks one. for getting us here. Now beat it. Well, beat it, Mister Full. I'm no just saying <laughs> it. It will be something to watch if his if he underperforms. Right. Interesting. Okay. Just because they have a squeeze, I, I mean, they love the guy, but yeah, of course. absolutely. This is a dollar and cents cap league. Um, yeah. what's what's the uh, Ryan Whitney saying? Your meat. Yeah. <laughs> If you're Begs a player, money. you're just meat. Um, Calvin Pickard's being shopped. Does that surprise you that it's happening now? No. Because, like, it's like, wouldn't they want to see if there's a, a, a thing between Sparks and, and Pickard come camp, or is Sparks now the, the backup goalie and that's what it I is? I think Sportsnet's got a better chance of trading me than the Leafs have trading Pickard right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. I mean, how many third goalies around the league are getting moved in August? Yeah. yeah. It, I think it's the fact that that get waved out there in August makes it, you know, people are focused on it or talking about it. But, you know, the Leafs have an issue where they, they have, what, four goalies on one-way contracts now? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it's not that the Leafs care so much about the money, but those guys are all going to have to go through, whoever goes down has to go through waivers. Mm-hmm. And so... Curtis McElhinney has to make it through waivers, right? Okay, but one ah. of Pickard or Sparks, or maybe both of them are going to be on waivers, probably just Pickard. And so if you could theoretically trade him now, why not try? Because, you know, there's a few teams still looking for goaltenders. We saw Dustin Tokarski sign with the Rangers this week. Steve Mason still doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Kari Lettinen doesn't have one. I don't, I don't know that Kari's going to be back in the NHL. It might be it for him. Mm. But my point is, is there are probably a few teams sniffing around the bargain bin, and I don't think it's the worst idea to try to get something for him. They traded, what, a six-round pick, I believe, for Pickard? Uh, sixth in Lindbergh. Yeah, which was just a contract slot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know he's got Oshawa connections, but yeah. <laughs> hey, Memorial <laughs> Cup champion Tobias Lindbergh, exactly. Right. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but so if you could get that back, I'm sure mm-hmm. they would trade him. But I don't think it's a huge story. I, you know, I don't see him being in the mix. The, you just is Sparks just that much better? He just had such a great year last year, mm. and he's at that age where. You have to do it or not. You got to figure out what he is or not, or yeah. give him a chance to go somewhere else. It's I don't I, you know now that Lou's gone, one thing I think is gone is like keeping Frankie Crottle around or Josh Levo around as non-player players. Do you think Josh Levo will be gone too? I think he likely will it, okay. it, if there's no role for him. I mean, you can't rule out a chance for him on the fourth line, but given what we've seen in the past, like Babcock doesn't seem to like him there. You know, unless there's an injury, I, I do think that this they will try to find a spot for him. I worry nice. for him, though. I mean, look, the guy's made good money to to be a practice player, but he, he hasn't played two yeah. years. I mean, other teams, I know teams for a fact two years ago had huge interest in him that are just like, eh, well, now the world passes you by pretty quickly in, in pro sports. So is he like the world's biggest Leafs fan? Like he just wants to be a Leaf that bad? I, like surely they could have found a place for him if he wanted it. Yeah, but it's it was Lou too, right? Like Lou yeah. doesn't give away anything. Like, I know of one team in particular that was just going crazy with Lou and the talk about trying to trade for Josh Levo. Because, like, he was acting like he had, you know, a real asset there. Mm. And at that point, I mean, look, it's like a car that doesn't work. You know, you don't even know if the car runs at this point. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it on the highway in years. Or you could get the mystery box. Yeah. Right. Second yeah. round pick. So I do think some of it is Lou. The, the, I mean, the the biggest question is why did he sign his extension last year when he did? And to me, it was just about taking the guaranteed money the Leafs were offering because he might have got to this summer or not. There's a lot of guys out there signing two-way deals right now. And mm-hmm. it's hard 
to, I mean, to me, Josh Levo probably was getting a two-way deal if he didn't sign somewhere else. So he got a guaranteed one-year deal with the Leafs, and that might be the end of him unless he can find a way to to make some hay this this season. Interesting. More importantly, and no and offense he's a big to Josh, Leafs fan, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. buddies with all the guys on the team. Like he's he's, he's in all the photos. Yeah, I pay attention. <laughs> oh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> I pay attention to Instagram. Um, you put yourself the in the photos. photos. <laughs> I mean, I would absolutely Photoshop myself into all the photos. <laughs> um, William Nylander's contract will get done. We know that. It, it gets done. But a lot of times what happens, it's it's like what Pastor Knack, it was, it was kind of close to the wire. When you Pastor sort- Mack, for context, missed a day at camp last year before right. signing his deal. And that's not, I mean, that's happened many times before, but but in a contract situation like this, you know that you're heading to a certain point, right? The team knows, the player knows. We know it's going to be between, it has to be between Dylan Larkin and David Pasternak in terms of money. Depending on years. If they went Depending eight years, years, it would be more. More money, and which might make more sense. Um, but on a five or six year deal, yeah. What's your yeah. sense of where this is at and what holds these things up? Like, why can't they just get on the phone and go, all right, you in? Okay, cool. Like, what's, what's, what well, is it? Because you're waiting for the other side to blink. And mm. there's no deadline right now. I mean, the deadline, and it's an artificial deadline, is September 13th when the players are due to arrive and take their medicals. And and so, to me, I wouldn't be surprised, given that it's, what are we at, August 21st? I wouldn't be surprised if it goes till like, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th of September, where you have that looming, okay, is he actually going to miss camp? You know, I'm, I'm assuming he'd stay in Sweden to kind of underline his point, like, I'm not oh, caving boy. here. Well, that's what Pasternak did. He stayed in the Czech Republic and, and then yeah. flew over and went straight like from the airport to Bruins second day of camp. Wow. After to, you know, to sign his deal and all that. I mean, that that's the game. And so I think it's very likely that uh, this goes down to that kind of wire and maybe misses a day or two. I'd be surprised if it if it gets to like missing games in the regular season. Um, but he's a strong minded kid, William. You know, he's not because, you know, agents can only do so much in these situations. I mean, if their client is like, I got to play, he's getting crazy, his, his teammates are texting him, he's just like, just take the deal. I mean, that that happens a lot. I mean, you're trying to exert pressure as a team. It's, it's unstated, but that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get him to cave and take less than his value. And, you know, but let's not forget, he he's the son of an NHLer. His dad is heavily involved. His dad is basically his agent, but he's not certified by the NHLPA. So he has an agent, obviously, but but his dad is very in the mix on this behind the scenes and and I think so both sides kind of know where each other are at they know probably where the number is deep down mm-hmm. but no one's making that first move on the dance floor you know like to to really try to get it done and and you know it probably gets done in middle of September would be my guess okay and that's so you might miss a couple of days yeah but I still wouldn't freak out about that if I was a fan I mean I, yeah. I think it will largely be forgotten and remember, one of Kadri's contracts, he had a few as an RFA, so I get mixed up. <laughs> but one of them happened, I believe, the day before camp. or Like, it's it's a yeah. normal thing. And if, and if you look out there, other teams, you know, Noah Hannafin doesn't have a deal. Darnell Nurse doesn't have a deal. Uh, Sam Reinhardt doesn't have a deal with Buffalo. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the exact same situation coming off their entry-level contract. And just put yourself in William Nylander's shoes just for this minute and, and forget any con- deeper concerns with the Leafs. You're just trying to squeeze out what you can. And... I can't really blame him for that. No, no, not at all. I wouldn't blame him for that. Well, remember that the players in this league, and now we're going way off the record here, but the, the players were sold down the river by the previous players, and so they have this entry-level system where you know, William Nylander just scored back-to-back 60-point seasons and got paid like a fourth-liner because that's the system that, that they're yeah, in. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you, you only have such a small window as a player. I mean, it'll feel like William Nylander is going to be around forever, but some careers are ending at 31, 32, and he's, what, 22? I mean, he's got 10 years to make hay here, and, and that goes quick. So it's a big financial decision for him, especially because I would expect this deal to be in the five, six-year range myself. There's a chance to go two or three, uh, which we've seen other players do on their second deal, but more than likely it's going longer. And, and so half a million dollars is worth fighting over. Yeah, that, that was interesting to me because at Smash Fest, Nylander made a couple headlines uh, by saying he wanted to sign long-term. And I think everyone, myself included, just automatically went, oh, he means eight. But five or six is pretty long. It right? is So long. That, that could be long-term. Well, because you're giving up, if it's a five-year deal, you're giving up one potential UFA year. And if it's six, you're giving up two. And those cost more Yeah, in the equation, too. And so... You know, this is what it boils down to if you're the Leafs, and, and they've definitely run all these projections over and over and over again. There's a benefit to getting him for eight years because you've basically locked up his entire prime as an NHL player. Mm-hmm. But the actual cap, it's going to be higher because you're buying more of the UFA years on it. Right. And so there's a competitive advantage to have him on a lower cap number for these next number of years because they can fit other players in around them when they have a chance to win. And I'm sure that that's kind of the fine line the Leafs are looking to, to walk. And, you know, players in hockey want security. Because they yep. could blow out their knee or yeah, absolutely. have three concussions in a season, and that's you know, it. I know lots of guys. Like I find the NBA offseason more interesting too. When you have you know star players signing short term deals and moving around, and you know that's people talk about that more in the games in the NBA. I just don't <laughs> see a world where we're going to get that in in hockey because of the risks involved in the sport. Do you see a situation or a scenario arising where? And I don't see this for Mitch Marner, but where Austin Matthews signs his extension this year rather yeah. than next summer. Yeah, because, I mean, to me, that number is there. Like, that's the number's the number, right? Well. Like, and what is the number? So this is how this argument is going so far. <laughs> There's two contracts signed last summer that directly impact both him and Patrick Laine's next deal. You have Eichel at $10 million on an eight-year deal, mm-hmm. and you have Connor McDavid at twelve and a half on an eight-year deal. So to me, if you're Austin Matthews, you, you run the numbers and say, hey, look, I'm better than Eichel so far mm-hmm. as an entry-level player, but I'm, you know, you can't... I'm not Connor It's hard McDavid. to make the Connor McDavid argument because he'd won a hard trophy and a scoring title as an entry-level player when he signed that deal. So to me, and you got, you just have to have the superstar just join your team at 11 million. That's kind of right in the middle and eight times 11 to me makes a ton of sense for Austin. You know, it's up to his agents to fight for a bit more and the way they would do that is say, you know, and I don't have the number in front of me, but when Connor McDavid signed a 12 and a half, Let's pull out a, an arbitrary number that's somewhere in the correct. It's about seventeen percent of the cap. They'll, they would argue the cap's gone up. Austin should be seventeen percent of the cap, and that might be a way for an agent to try to argue. So it's not so much about McDavid. It's more saying, hey, in today's dollars, he's actually it should be higher. And and so I'm sure that's there. But to me, that one just makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're still fighting about you would fight or debate about how the the signing bonus money worked about what you do with the lockout years mm-hmm. which if i'm him i i would just do what Tavares did i want all the i want i want all bonus don't don't you want to go all bonus he doesn't have Tavares's leverage though yeah i guess Tavares so. was a ufa i have the number here by the way it was 16.7 percent of the so cap i guess 17 when, when mcdavid signed oh. and crosby's was 17.3 percent 
when he signed. When he signed. But right. that's 8.7 million. Maybe how much the cap's going up. percentage of the cap. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and, it, and that's the thing I think, Lee, like, Leaf fans have to keep this in mind. All fans have to keep this in mind. Especially with the, the new expansion money, assuming they don't go to a lockout. Um, the, the, the money that Seattle's going to inject into this league, that cap is going up. The cap is going up. And, and it's going to go up. I mean, if we look at, where was it three years ago? 72? And now we're at almost 80? I think it was less. So think about, think about where it'll be in the next three years. And, I mean, obviously, yes, we have a lockout potentially, but I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll t- we can talk about that a little bit later in the show if we get time for it. I feel like we're, we're looking at a $90 million cap here in, in about three years. If all goes well. It should happen. And, you know, that was the thinking when Chicago signed Taves and Kane to the big deals is that... Ten and a half for them looked huge at the time, or twenty-one million for two players. But you know, Stan Bowman was saying, "Look over the length of that deal. It's not going to be, you know, you almost have to adjust your thinking to it's not twenty-one million in yesterday's dollars, right. it's tomorrow's dollars." And those contracts aren't killing them. It's Brent Seabrook's contract that's killing them, among other things. And yeah. Corey Crawford not well, being and just healthy. Well, and just yeah, the, and they're older. And, the, and they yeah. traded Panarin for Saad. So yeah. Well, well, that's a few things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the. I, I guess, I mean, come on, that's a few things. But it's, what, no, my point remains is those, those contracts are not the ones killing the Hawks. Also, you got a lot of heat for that. It's Well, it's, there's no heat to be had. It's not a debate. You called it the it's, worst trade in the history of the NHL? No, I said it's the worst trade since the one for one day. Since the Subban for Weber and the uh, and the Hall for Larson. Looking so back. It is the worst trade since that day. I, th- I think I think that that can be a little bit hyperbole. And also a lot of the criticism of what you said mm-hmm. is also hyperbole. Like, Black like, they were trying to convince me that it was great. And I'm like, look look what happened to you. Yeah, like, no. Look, look what happened to your team. No, it wasn't. So A career 55-point guy for a career 80-point guy. I would just say it was, I would say it was bad to move on. But the reason they did it <laughs> is that they would have the same problem Columbus has right now with Artemi Panarin, is that right. he was going to be a year out from UFA this summer, and they knew they couldn't afford him in the their cap structure. Sure, but in, in that something. case, wouldn't you take two years of Artemi Panarin over six years of Brandon Saad? I would. I would, yes, but you, you could see it, it's an important piece of context of why they sure. made that deal. Yeah. sure. They were dealing for certainty from a position knowing they probably couldn't keep Panarin at what he was going to be worth. Right. Context is dumb. <laughs> it's, it's a little <laughs> much to call it the worst trade. It is the worst trade since those trade. History I, of pro I never sports called it the history of sports. So, what's amazing uh, just calm though, down a little. Is, for Nylander. What's amazing is that Panarin <laughs> could go back there as a UFA. I mean, yeah. That's, <laughs> that that wouldn't really surprise anybody at this point. No, his agent already leaking that out. Oh, Panarin would consider uh, going back. And it's like, well, of course he would consider. Sign the check. Sign the check. I would consider. From what that I understand, too. he would consider uh, New York, L.A., anywhere yeah. that's really good to live. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, with no knocks on Columbus, but it's more of a family kind of vibe than mm-hmm. a city, city. Yeah, right. I got. Which you. is why he's sneaky good restaurant town, though. Yeah, right. is it? And the Columbus All Star Game was an all timer. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Fun was had. That is the drunkest I've ever been with NHL players. <laughs> there it is. All right. <laughs> At least you come out and say it. No, no I, but it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, um, was that, I, that was the Scott year, right? The John Scott year? Mm. No, no, that was no, Nashville, Nashville 2016. Yeah. Right. Oh my no, God, of course that happened in Nashville. <laughs> no, uh, there was someone I was with who just looked down at the ice and was just like, wow, he's here. And I'm like, who? Kessel. <laughs> Kessel had a banger of a night the, the night before the, the Columbus All-Star game. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't see him. He like, wasn't part of my the, the people I saw out late. Uh, it was, well, it was all of them. Like, people watch the All-Star game and think, oh, they're just not trying. They don't care about this. No, dude, they're hung over. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If, 
Like and they guys, should be because all their teammates are hung over in Cabo. Like yeah. exactly, they, actually, the ones are they have to go to Columbus on <laughs> yeah. their their week off. I love to know how many of those guys when they hit the ice like for the for like warm up would pass a breathalyzer test. I'm willing to bet half would fail. <laughs> wow, that's aggressive. That's aggressive, man. I don't think so. Well, it doesn't have to start usually. Yeah. Still, man. Still. So I'm here in five six a.m. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I didn't make it that late, but it was still going when I left late. Yeah. Like late, same. late. There was same like guys. all on recorded, by the way. I know. So, yeah, that's fine. That's why I'm not naming names because it's not fair to them. Yeah. But like there was an NHL player dancing with a broom. <laughs> that's amazing. There was a player that I don't even know. Like I, I actually know him better now, but I didn't know him personally. And I was at another table with one other journalist like standing up and he kept ordering beers to our table till it was like overflowing and just like cackling and laughing. Like, and I, still, I still don't really know why he was doing it. Like I, he probably clearly recognized that we were media guys, but I don't know why he just filled our table and like just, just trying to overflow to you guys. That's amazing. Well, cause he, knows, he could, he knows yes. reporters can't refuse a drink and tomorrow yeah. is going to be really difficult for you. <laughs> right. But like, I don't know why, what, you know, again, if it's someone, you know, or it's like a joke, anyway, right. it was a generous joke, but it was anyway bonkers. I don't it know why I'm talking about this. This is summer. That's very <laughs> that funny. Was definitely that was very no, funny. no, no, no. It was a more under the radar player. Mm, okay, fair enough. Do you that have- actually Columbus was the last time they did the draft, right? Because oh, all the guys yeah, were hammered. Yeah, yeah, all the guys were hammered there. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's true. That's the last time yeah. they did the draft. That makes sense. That was, and then they switched honestly, to three on three. It yeah. didn't stop the whole weekend, based on what I saw. Really. Yeah. And I also know there's... That's when Ovechkin was super weird, right? Like, behind the scenes at the draft? Maybe. Was it? He kept saying, don't pick me! I don't want to be picked! He wanted to be last because he wanted the car. Yes, I believe that was. And then when he got picked, he was mad. He was like, oh! Yeah. As though he couldn't afford the GNC (laughs) that we're going to give him. Since you you remember everything, that was Team Nick Foelino versus what team? Oh my god. Oh, wow. Team Team Nick Nick Foelino against... Actually, was it Team Felino? Yeah, I think it was Team Felino. I want to say, oh man, <laughs> I'm glad you're looking this up, Jesse, because I, I, <laughs> I got the. All-Star I remember game it was right the here. worst game in the history of All Star games. It was worse than anything. Wasn't That's why like, they changed it in Nashville the next year. It's like, oh man, I don't remember. Remember they had like the white and green uniforms. Yes. Like just, oh, I have one. I have the, the, the black and green one, uh, Stamkos, because I wanted to lure him to draw. Do you have a guess? It was Team Felino, by the way, and there's uh, another team. Was that Team Lidstrom? It was not, no. Oh. Team someone from Nashville. Tree Bergeron. Team, team Ryan Johansson? Team Taves. Oh. Taves. Yeah. Ryan Johansson, that was when he put on the football jersey. Right. Right. Yes. And, and, and Ryan Johansson had a bit, I think he was the MVP of the All-Star game. Yeah, well, he was great because we were we all left that building deaf because they played the, the they, they blasted the damn cannon every goal and it set a record for goals in an all star game. And do you remember at the end when they traded uh, Sagan for Kessel? That was amazing. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then they raced each other, and Kessel won. Toronto Maple Leaf. Phil Kessel won. Do you have any uh, bold predictions for this season? Do you have anything that in your gut? It doesn't have to be Leafs, but like. In your gut, that you're like, I think this is going to happen, and I don't think anyone's talking about it. Oh man, Josh Levo Con Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> what are you showing me, Jesse? I have to think about that. I've, I, what are you seeing? 
No, I was just no, pictures of me in that bar no, club. The team didn't have to say it out My loud. Bad. They're being the extremely show. distracting we right have now. On the show, I'm which so is sorry. Like, we, yeah. as in you. <laughs> Jesse's like, here, I'm gonna pass you a note. Steve's like, what is that? What? What is and that? What is do you like me? Yes, that. no, maybe. You guys do that all the time. Whatever. Continue. How many Whatever. people are still listening this deep into the show? Oh, you'd be surprised. Too many. Frankly, like they should not. You but be, they just keep coming back. I love whoever's listening right now. Like that is some dedication. You know how many people are listening right now and it's two thirty in the morning? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's ridiculous. That's, yeah. As that's, soon as I put it up at like one AM, there's a flood of messages that are like no sleep squad. Yeah. And they're my favorite. Yeah, and they're like, oh now I have to listen to it all the way through. No, you don't. No. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, YouTube is even smart enough that like you could listen to a little bit next morning, click the link again, it'll pick right back up where you it's, were. You can't do it's it. It's the no. craziest thing. Like on KISS. Like I, I feel go- like we're like the vampire squad right now, but yeah. you still gotta like Packages, it. put it up, and yeah. people are going to still listen later yes. tonight. Oh, yeah. the and they'll finish it tonight. Thing. And they have to, because that's their thing. Yeah, they're part of a squad now, and they're my favorite people. There's someone in Newfoundland. <laughs> I admire right that now who's like behind or ahead, uh, I guess, in time, and they're going to listen to the whole thing. They're going to go to bed at four. When Jesse and I were at Kiss. Tuesday. And our, our, you and should our, invite some of your most hardcore fans to listen in real time, like in the room. Yeah, but I don't want to be corrected on all the things I'm wrong on that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better later. It's better later. I just you know? was thinking because like they they're so insistent on like up to the minute. They could be truly up to the minute. Yeah, up to the now. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ooh. somehow put them in the future. Okay. No, no, I like it. Be cool. We're working. Be cool. <laughs> People have asked us for live streams too, and I'm like, man, no, no thanks. Uh, Just because live streams. Yeah, like yeah. we're you know because first off potential. the comments. Well, it could be fun. Uh, especially if we were doing like a live press conference, like if we had you in, people could like write in their questions. But a, the comment section usually gets out of control. B. I don't want to read things about what I'm saying as I'm saying it. I yeah. just, you know what I mean? It's You'd just rather something... go 10 minutes down a conversation where you're totally wrong. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. rather then, be wrong and get steered out of wrong. the ditch by one of the great SDP <laughs> listeners. The, the, actually, 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 all the usernames are just actually in a number that follows it. <laughs> actually one, actually two, actually six, nine, actually 420. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we basically, uh, when Jesse and I were at Kiss, the average listening time was less than 10 minutes. And that was at our very, very, very best, right? And that was... That was big. And you're like a top rated people show. people in their car, you turn on your yeah. car, you drive five minutes, you turn us off. And that's right. that's yeah. what happens, right? You go on a commercial break, whatever. Yeah. You Here, play a crappy song and I'm like, eh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, literally. Yeah. yeah. That's like my day. Driving. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Here, it's 45 minutes. Yeah. That's average. That's one listen. And that's not, that doesn't mean they don't come back. It means that every time people listen, they listen on average for 45 for minutes. 45 minutes. So if you listen for 45 minutes and then come back, the chances are you're listening for 45 more minutes. Like it's just, wow. it's wild. We get to, we have literally the best listeners in the world. Yeah. And the, the perspective coming from the radio side is like, wow, it's crazy. Because everybody that, actually, it's funny, this is completely off track, but everybody I talk to, going somewhere. everybody that I talk to is like, <laughs> I you feel guys, like I'm responsible for all the off tracks. No, like, okay. hey, what about this thing? You're super not. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, it's the Steve Dangle podcast. Mm, what? Blue car? What? Well, do you guys have a lineup anywhere, or do you just Yeah, wait? yeah, I okay. got it right here. Oh, he's got oh, it. Yeah. yeah, I, I just okay. kind of, Adam's the professional. I'm like, I was going to ask Jesse's you, like, he's a professional, I'm me. I was going to ask you about, oh, like, the, a wild the, prediction. The Kessler, yeah, I did ask you for that, but like, which the, we got to get to. Yeah, I do want to. Do you have a wild predict? Do you have a gut feeling about oh, yeah. something you think think is going to happen? And you, by the way, we won't. I want to give you, you a good answer though. I, I don't want to just make it hold off. To, you can think about it. You have to give. I will give you one before the end of the show, but Done. I have to. I want to give you something I've really think could happen. Okay, so here's what I'm going to ask. We got half an hour left here. 
in our in our studio. So here's so the, for we, you people listening at three thirty a.m., yeah. get another coffee going. Yeah, did yeah. did yeah. we put up a, a questions thing for Chris? The, uh, not specifically for Chris, but there's some from there the, some, okay. Now, conference. how much? How long do you think those questions will take? Because I've got some some things here we can talk about. I, I don't know what we can say about Randy Lee resigning in Ottawa, other than the fact that it's one less distraction and a team full of distractions. What I did want to get that happen. Uh, just happened about ten minutes before the show. Oh, okay. Well, damn. Um, I didn't know that. Because you know, it was funny. Because at the beginning of the summer, I got Eugene's lawyer. Eugene called and he's going to defend. And Eugene was like, "Yeah." And now he's being made to resign six weeks later, very quietly. I thought that was interesting. But this was more interesting. At is, six p.m. on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Classic yeah. news dump. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny Oduya on his time with the Sens. All the stuff between Hoffman and Carlson happened when I'd already left for Philadelphia, no doubt. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but an organization like that doesn't have the same sort of traditions and stability. If minor stuff happens, the house of cards falls apart pretty fast. It was a big difference compared to other clubs I've played for uh, where the tradition runs deeper and there's more structure. And that is from a, uh, a, um, a media outlet in Sweden. Saw that quote. Saw that quote. What'd you think of that? A lot of good stuff breaks out of Sweden. Well, Swedes are really honest. Yeah. Mm. So are the Russians. Crazy. Mm. Mm. Russia's just got a weird... I don't, let's They're not just, go there. Let's not yeah. lump... Because yeah. like Sweden actually has a very specific media culture where even though Swedes are so polite in person, they're pretty edgy with how they cover stories. And for some reason, and I don't know how they do it, I'd love to take their magic... The players all just talk to them for like an insane amount of time by the North American standards. And hence you get interviews like this where just more part of the culture there to be honest about stuff. You know, I'm not surprised to hear that. Ottawa doesn't have anyone working for them. That's the biggest issue the senators have. You know, I don't, we, you don't just mean management. Yeah. Can we get the front office pull up here? Like it's, it's honestly, Thin. it's almost laughable. And, and I'm not, I'm actually not making fun of them. Like it's How crazy. How at this point, right? No, but I like you can't be like this even is as part a fan, of what he's talking talk about, though. Like I think everybody there has to do twice the normal job, you know, of what their role is with other teams, and and for probably less than the going rate. Yes, and we all know that the owner is an issue that hovers above everything. So the page hasn't been updated because Randy Lee is still on it. That doesn't surprise me. The web person is probably also doing ticket sales and probably oh also God. stocking the vending machine. What's well, interesting, like they have a lot of good people there. Of course, that yeah, absolutely. But they got rid of their big business guy, Tom Anselmi, earlier this year, which yeah. was surprising to me because that's a that's a guy that helped build. For what you know, you could say what you want about how the Leafs mm-hmm. were while he was here. He's a business guy. It, they made money. They made yeah. piles and piles of money, and that's why Eugene brought Tom Anselmi in. And the fact that they let him go that was a big, big, big red flag, which kind of went for me at least unnoticed. But it was like that's that's a big money guy. He's big business guy. Wasn't there, wasn't there some sort of strange thing where like they laid off a bunch of, I want to say like arena workers or concessions people or something like that. Just nothing's going well there, man. No. And they're in there. So they're in a cash crunch and are they going to sell this damn team? Like is Eugene going to just say, listen, get, get out, get out. Nobody's saying he, he is, but just common sense suggests to me at some point, it could get to that. I mean, I, I think one of the interesting storylines for them is how many people are coming to their games. Mm. I mean, I, I could see a true fan revolt there. Mm. And it's not because people in Ottawa don't care about the Senators or hockey. It's they're tired of the owner. They're, you know, this team is in a jackpot right now. Like their three best players are on one-year deals with UFA coming next summer. They don't own their first-round pick, and they're coming off a season where they finish, what, 30th? 
Thirty-four. Um, one of the last place teams. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think they're going to be probably as bad. They'll probably have a few more things go their way this year. I think some of it was bad luck last year, but they're, you know, they got it. They got it. Everything that isn't bolted down, they have to do a rebuild. I think, and, you know, so I, I'm sure what he said is true. I mean, there was dressing room issues. You know, it's at some point we talked about it on headlines this year. Uh, Pierre Dorian went in the room and like turned off the music and blasted the players. Billy Bean style. You know, which I think happens more in the movies than in reality. Like the fact yeah. that it happened was notable. And, you know, that's and, what losing sounds like. <laughs> you know, the, the threat of being gone has hung over this team. So they, they come out of game seven of the Eastern Conference final. Kyle Turris doesn't get his contract extension last summer. Everyone knows by the time, like this time last year, that he's going to likely be traded. He gets traded. His wife comes out and says the owner wouldn't approve his contract extension. Which is probably true. I don't know why she'd lie about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't know what would incentivize her to throw a bomb at the... I think it, you know they were doing it on behalf of other players. They've promptly, what, stripped a bunch of other players away, even guys like Dion Phaneuf. And, you know, they, so they make a bunch of trades last year. Now you have Stone, Hoffman... Oh, sorry, Hoffman's gone now, of course. Stone, Carlson, and Duchesne all on the last year of their deals. And Marion Gabrick. With oh, four more gonna, years. Yeah, I was going to say, a couple more years for Marion. <laughs> I mean, I think that they, they have a chance to turn it around. They just have to rebuild. They, and, they and just our, have to do it the old-fashioned way. Like, strip it right right on back. And I do think, I think they're going to try to do that. But it's, it's challenging times there. So it must have been awful to be someone like Johnny Oduya, huh. joining a team that had a good season and just be there as, like, everything, you know, implodes. It was a house of cards. Yeah. It, it was a lucky run, too. Like, and I don't mean that luck's part of the sport. It's a bouncing piece of rubber on ice. But, it, you know, a lot of things went right for them to get all the way to the conference final, too. Hmm. And they don't have to apologize for that, but they probably weren't as good as that suggested if you were just going by the results. Right. Or they weren't. Why am I putting probably in there as a qualifier? Definitely they, they, were not. They weren't a top two team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and so last year was a disaster. So I, anyway, they're going to, you know, they're doing interviews right away. Uh, they're going to get a new assistant GM. I think that they will probably look to some younger people for that job, which is interesting. You know, it's it's about injecting. A team like that has to find a way, because it doesn't have the budget of other teams, because it doesn't have the front office size, they have to find creative ways. Young is cheap. And so I wouldn't be surprised, You know, and they haven't decided on their guy as far as I know, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised to see them hire someone a little younger who might come at this problem with a different angle than what they've done. And And... I could see them turning it around, honestly. They they also have some nice young players. It's just they need a lot of them. They need to mm-hmm. do what the Leafs did. And they honestly. need some stars, like some star young players. They've got good young pieces, but do they have a Mitch Marner? And I bring it back to the Leafs because we are a Leafs podcast first and foremost. Do they have a Mitch Marner in their system? Do they have William Nylander in their system? Elias Pettersson, like in Vancouver. Yeah. You know? Like Vancouver's kind of bleak, but damn, they got some players. Yeah, get some, or even a Brock Besser. Like, do that's they have why that? it hurts so much that they don't have their first-round pick next year. Well, yeah. that, that's what I was going to ask you that, because do you think that that was, obviously picking fourth is fantastic, but if you know you're going to be worse next year, you have to think they're going to be, I think they're going to be worse. I've so you always argued you bet on yourself. And if you finish fourth last, you bet that you're not going to finish worse than fourth last. But you're last. betting that knowing that Carlson, Duchesne, and Stone probably all have mm-hmm. to go. But then you're just you're just throwing in the towel at that point. You're being like, okay, we're going to finish worse than fourth last. And you never want to do that to your fan base. Be like, hey, we're going to finish worse. And the problem yeah. is, though, is it hurts your leverage now mm-hmm. when you're trying to potentially trade guys like Carlson or, you know, maybe, 
I don't know sure they're going to trade Stone or Duchesne, but you know, you might get close to the deadline. You're moving those guys, and everyone knows. I don't know. I just feel like you you weaken yourself too. It was a no win situation. Yeah, frankly. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not the best position to trade from, uh, what the heck happened with the Hoffman trade with the Sharks? Basically completely stabbing the sense in the back. Is it exactly what we think it is? Which is Ottawa he didn't know. Ottawa oh. had no idea, huh? They didn't know he was about to be flipped. Was wow. Eugene ticked when he f- went like, cause it was obviously, it was obviously Pierre Dorian that said, we're not trading him within the conference, which is a stupid idea. This because- has happened before though. Martin Jones. Yep. Right. He got traded to Boston from LA cause LA didn't want to deal with him in the division and Boston promptly sent him to San Jose. And this, t- in that case, San Jose was on the other end of it. But, each each time San Jose benefits. Doug Wilson's a, a maniac. Well, uh, <laughs> Doug Wilson's known for being a guy who works the phones, maybe as much or more than any GM in the league. He's kind of in on everything. Like he's he likes to know what's going on and he looks for opportunities. So I mean, Pierre Dorian never picks up his phone again from Doug Wilson, right? <laughs> like never. If it says Doug Wilson, I'm hanging up. I don't know specifically that there's bad blood there, but I, I'm sure he wasn't happy in the moment. I do think kind of as a GM though, you got to move on a little bit. Why? Well, how do you get? Like, how like does he get, could be a landing spot for Carlson potentially. Like it's yeah, they have room. Take Michael Bodker's contract back, please, and you're, then we'll give you're you. Giving me, you're, not only are you giving me more than you think, you're giving me every specifically every one of those picks you got from Florida, you bastards. If you get Carlson, oh, right? Yeah. And that I'm not saying more. it's likely, but I mean you, s- you still have to. You have to. Sometimes situations bring you back together again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if it's if a you're funny the crew. Yeah. when you see the GM. Together, like you kind of wonder because you know, first of all, again, competitive guys. There's probably some bad blood over things that have yeah, happened. They yeah. must hate each other, like a few of them. Yeah, and some are like best friends. Yeah, because you see it. If I go to the GMs meeting, there'll be like three random GMs that you wouldn't necessarily know are tight, like drinking a beer together, looking like you know us guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, like like oddly, because you know, hockey world is really small. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys have worked together and knew each other since they were kids. I think Yarmo Kekalainen and Ray Shiro were the best man in each other's weddings. Wow. I, wow. I, I believe they went to St. Lawrence University together as players like way back in the day. How is that fair when you're trying to make a deal? Well, they also are Pittsburgh and Columbus. So or they were at one point Pittsburgh yeah, and Columbus. Yeah. So like they were like direct rivals. Now New Jersey. I don't know that they've made many trades. I can't <laughs> think of Yeah, I don't think of I don't think they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't mean you always trade with your buddy. No. Because you're probably trying you to might pull one over from. on the other guy. Yeah. It's yeah, harder yeah. to um how much of a punch in the gut was the Tavares situation for the Islanders and specifically Lou Lamorella. Like, did Lou really believe he could hang on to him? For sure. I mean, everyone close to this thought that's where it was going. I mean, we were at the draft, which is a week before July 1st, and just the general attitude in the air. Like, I was like, I felt like I was the only one thinking, like, guys, this this isn't a done deal. I mean, he's going to L.A. the next day to start meeting with teams. Like, as soon as you open your brain to that, I don't know. I it, but anyway, it was an industry prevailing thought. I mean, Lou had some advantages here. You know, I think he's got a great relationship with Pat Brisson, mm-hmm. who's the agent for John Tavares. And they had a dinner together in New York City in mid-May before he was even hired by the Islanders, you know, with Pat, John, and, and Lou. <laughs> While Lou was still wearing a Leafs badge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not tampering somehow. Yeah, but it's Lou, so who cares? Yeah. Well, it becomes less tampering when he didn't sign with Lou. I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's still, I guess, it's still technically maybe tampering, but yeah, didn't didn't change history. Um, maybe push him away. Who knows? But no, I, I 
definitely the Islanders thought they were going to get him. I mean, even Lou went to California and hung around. They got the first meeting, but hung around for three more days. Tried to get a second. Tried to get a second meeting, but also kind of wanted last word and wanted to be there just in case. Uh-huh. Which, I, again, I don't think it's the wrong thing to do, but they, they hockey players don't leave. Like the hockey players with this kind of stature. So, yeah, that's a gut punch. I mean, the the, the reaction we saw from some of the media guys there was unbelievable. It's I like mean, they'd never seen. Well, it's because New York, no one ever leaves New York, right? Well, right? and it's who leaves and New to York? Be fair, it's, I'm not taking a shot here. Veiled at Arthur Staple or anyone who's you know covering that team every day. I really respect Arthur. Is he a liar too? No, but Sorry. it's just more you know some of the shock jocks and uh, oh yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like some of them. I don't know. Are you calling out Boomer? <laughs> Is that no, Boomer? I don't know. Boomer Sison and and uh, did Boomer go at him? I don't know if no. Boomer went at him. No, no, I'm there just was kidding. a shock jock there though. Who just was like, "This is treasonous and whatever." Yeah. Oh I don't know. god! Well, that's what they're supposed to do, right? Right. The but some of the yeah. reaction I was going to say is over the top, but it was a, that's a gut punch. I mean, yeah. now when they went and out, seeing them in the Leafs PJs, well, exciting <laughs> to Leaf fans. Oh, I think like the Islanders are like, we would have liked to have known that was a factor. Yeah. Well, I wonder too, like you know, with how don't they know? Like um, I've gotten well, over Kadri's Canadians PJs. I've gotten over it. Well, I'm sure know? Stamkos had Leafs PJs, and yeah, it didn't yeah. mean it didn't the mean whole, a thing to him. Though. Have to leave. They're from Ontario. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, I wonder uh, uh, what they were thinking though, going out and signing Leo Komarov to that term and that money, and Philpola. Well, Philpola, I understand it's and, one day. Or it's one year. Like, Philpil is fine. It's two and a half million for one year. Fine. Well, you they kind of the had to. Yeah, that you need a center. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Komarov for that long? Well, the four-year term. So, I had heard the week before when they had that interview period that he was asking for four years. And I was thinking, like, yeah, it's because we all ask for more than we're going to get. He got it. He literally got his price. I, I'm stunned by that. Um, but I know what he's – they're thinking, like, look, you're going to need a transition period dressing room-wise. You lose your captain. And I think Leo Komarov, culturally for the Leafs, was great in their terrible seasons. Like, I think he set a good tone. And so I could understand on some level, you want Leo Komarov, the guy around, but having the player around for four years, I mean, that's that's got bio written all over it at some point. Yeah. What about, um, like, and Matt Martin, is he going to be another guy that's a, a dressing room guy? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously look, he'll play. He's only got two years on his deal, and, and the actual money's really low on it. So... I could see, you know, he's coming back somewhere. The fans like him. I mean, part of this is entertainment. They got to put people in the seats. They got to try to be somewhat competitive. But when you're buying in a free agency, generally you're in trouble. And that's where the Islanders were this year. They were spending a lot of money on just random guys trying to fill holes. You know, you want to be buying the way the Leafs bought. You want to be buying the really shiny car off the lot. And then walk, walk away from the rest of it. Yeah, because they didn't, you know, they didn't overcommit anywhere else, right? And the Canucks with Beagle and Rube. Antoine Rousseau. feels the same way. I mean, yeah. like they have to have a team out there. They're trying to not rush some of the kids along. Like they want to have some of those guys in Utica. But those, those scream buyout to me too. Well, if I'm those not mistaken, buyout. every contract you just brought up, Komarov, Roussel, Beagle, four, times four three. years, three. Yeah. Per. And it's funny when you... Patrick Maroon actually mentioned this because oh. he was, he couldn't believe he couldn't get a better contract than the one he signed. And if you look at his numbers, like he had way better numbers. I don't know what, what they were off the top of my head, but he was like, I'm seeing guys get four times three, and he's getting one year deals for like two million. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's coming off. Is that what he signed for? Yeah. Two point five, maybe? No yeah. way. Yes. But he'll have his right year. And it's his hometown team, but he even admitted like he's happy to play for his hometown team, but he can't believe he couldn't because he saw all the money on July 1st and then it just goes away. Mm-hmm. Patrick Maroon is right. He is right. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely right. 
And I like that he admitted it because most guys don't say that. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They'd be, oh no, I'm happy to be with the team. Blah blah blah. They toe the line. He was on Spit and Chicklets, the the podcast, and he was pretty honest about. Did you hear what uh, uh, Milan Lucic said on that show oh, about yeah. uh, about Demar Derozan? Yes. What did you think of that? Is that just Milan? Is that who, like, he's just that guy? Well, yeah, I think that a lot of people are saying that to their buddies all over North America right now. Yeah. I think it's what you say over a beer to your buddy when you're talking about it and people aren't accustomed, especially to a hockey player coming out and making that kind of statement. It was in a way it was refreshing. Like was it at least also he was on a bar stool podcast. Yes. Yeah, that's I think that's context. Yeah, that's the audience they're going for. And if you say something like that, it's going to take off. That particular like, podcast, yeah. of which I do listen, mm-hmm. uh, really revels in it's not liking basketball. So any any like, <laughs> wow. like no, they, no, they make a thing out of it. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So they they don't miss a turn to try to like. Which is sort of hilarious it's because, like, it's the biggest sport. <laughs> it's a bit. And so they, if I remember correctly, because I don't remember exactly what Milan said. I know the, the the basic tone of what he was saying. But they were, like, rallying him up, like, you know, basketball, like, mm. bunch of wimps in basketball kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're being literally stereotypical hockey guys. Yeah. So I believe he said, stop being a bitch. <laughs> I believe that I was the exact word. his exact words. And yeah. he basically said, what you're talking about, Ryan Whitney's one of the co-hosts of that podcast. was yep. like, players are meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... That was Bissonette too, yeah. You know what? Jim Devilano said essentially the same thing in the lockout and got fined for it by the NHL. That they're cattle, I think he called them. But <laughs> the, 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 you know, it's not untrue. It's just unpleasant. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't want to, especially those of us as close to it as as we are. But even fans, I mean, I don't think anyone really wants to think of the truth. But mm-hmm. you know, like Artemi Panarin, he didn't. He was a free agent. Everyone in the league wanted to sign him. He signs in Chicago. He loves it there. He more than lives up to his end of the billing and he gets traded to Columbus against his will. Like no offense again to Columbus. I don't think that he should sign with them if he doesn't want to be there. I mean, well, I don't think Columbus would think that either. I think they'd probably be like, well, well you don't I understand want to be here. why they're disappointed, but yeah. you know, everything that he, he had to like scratch and claw just to make a career. So now that he's about to hit a home run, like he should go where he wants to live and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, but like, I feel like loyalty isn't always two ways in sports, right? We expect it from players, but not always from teams. Uh, Jesse looked it up, and I guess in the salary cap era, there are 10 exact matches for four-year contracts, $3 million per. Nice. Uh, How many did the Leafs sign? Well, so <laughs> a couple. Um, there were the three this past summer. That's Komarov, Roussel, and Beagle. Um, there was a 2014 one that was Andrew Cogliano. That was actually quite a Good nice deal. deal. Uh, Joel Ward, uh, Thomas Kopetsky, Victor Stolberg from Nashville, Chris Kelly, uh, with Boston and the two Leaf ones were Nicholas Hagman, which didn't work out all that great. He had the one really good season, and Darcy Tucker, and he was bought out. I believe Stahlberg was bought out by Nashville on that deal too. I think you're right. So there's a couple buyouts there already. I mean, look at out of the seven. If you look at the league, basically prior. the middle class is where you get in trouble when you're yeah. paying guys four and five million ish. We always say that. Yeah, we say that all the time. On pay your pay your stars. Everybody else kind of. And that'll be the issue for the Leafs, really. Like, and it's not an issue today, but you know, if Andreas Janssen has a kind of season he he could have, and then you're he's worth three or four million, like you give it to him, but it might be hard to keep that there. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the smart things I think Connor Brown did is take less money. That could work against him too, because another team might go, "Hey, he's only making two million. That's super valuable." Yeah, but that's what Justin Bourne was actually saying on Twitter the other day. um, Was you know maybe everyone stop trying to trade Connor Brown. Because you need players like that to win Stanley Cups. You need guys 
not making a whole lot of money. Sure. Mm-hmm. Two is not quite, you know, league minimum, but it's, for what he does, I think it's pretty cheap. And he 20. admitted to me second day camp last year because he signed that last August Brown. that that he did take a bit less. Like he basically ended, because he was in a similar kind of standoff that Nylander is, different platform years. That, you know, they weren't talking the same money. And obviously in his case, not that long a deal, but he was just like, I knew I could fight for a bit more, but yeah. I like it here. It's it's enough money that it's, and it's great for my years. family. Yeah, and it's eight and eight million dollars is still eight million dollars. But right? he said he wants everyone to have a little piece of it. You know, that's what Ryan Ellis said in Nashville too. Like I saw a bunch of Twitter, you know, people saying this is a bargain, and and on some level, yes, he could have definitely got more in the open market. But he loves it there. He thinks they're going to have a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and then and no state tax also in Tennessee. Yeah, that helps. Ding. But uh, you know, and if you're him, you're like, I if I do this, and the next guy does this, and there's been a a past, there's a history of that in Nashville. Lots of guys not going for the top dollar. That's what the Leafs are hoping for. Brent Shannon said as much. Uh, he actually told Bob McCowan that one of his more candid moments that that's one of the successes they had in Detroit is that he never made he never made top dollar of what he could have made at those years. But they all. But in, in Toronto, you can you can still go out and make it on the secondary market. You can still go do endorsements. You can do one Campbell soup ad. You can do, what, what you know, I, like you can do Don, Don Tavares doing Vita Coca. Yeah, like, Don Tavares, <laughs> the Islander player, had a coconut water deal in Toronto. <laughs> like, I don't even know what Vita Coca is. It's, it's coconut it's, water. It's coconut water. Wow. And he, there's, he's, it's him with a hockey stick and a beach ball. And a generic jersey. No, and not no, jersey. And like a, a golf shirt but in Rava. Yeah. <laughs> For some yeah, reason, so, at a grocery store where you can get I'm not sure that would, would pay him that much, though. I mean, well, well yeah, but I mean, you have even, to do a lot of Vita Coco ads to, <laughs> to make up for the kind of money well, we're talking like, about. What I mean, Austin Matthews has to be doing quite well with that Scotiabank sponsorship, I would think. He is. So, it's uh, six figures a year, for sure. Well, there you go, right? Well, like a couple Mitch of Marner with that insurance company, and and if you, you know you get these guys, they sign a big deal with with Reebok or whatever Adidas or whatever it is now. I mean, I think. Uh, I think you can make some of that money back. Especially the stars, yeah. for sure. Like Tavares, if he wants to make more than 11, can. Easily. Yeah, like you you start doing stuff with Canadian Tire or some of the really big legacy companies that can pay big money, which is their Canadian Tire was involved with Stamkos trying to make this exact pitch that didn't go so well a few years ago. But that's, the you know, the other guys, I think they have to go out and like really hustle. They got to go to card signings and, you yeah. know, and make like 5,000 bucks a signing, which again, it's... In their world, it's not that much money. Yeah, I would do that. If anyone wants me to do that, I'm available. <laughs> do you want to try to do that? We should try to do that. Yeah, we should. Uh, yes. If, hi. hi. I can't really skate, <laughs> but if I could, it would be this. And here's my here's my here's me basically reenacting Connor Brown's commercial. <laughs> but uh, the other thing too, let's face it, you go to a, a game at Scotiabank Arena, oh. and uh, look at all the random leaps from your the the darkest memories of your mind that like will appear to do things there because. If you play for the Leafs, and I think especially if you play for a good Leafs team, people remember you forever, and there's mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darcy Tucker looks like he's still working to me. He is. He's yeah. got <laughs> tons yeah. of stuff going on, you know. And, and so full of fire and energy. I love too. No, me too. When we worked with, yeah. when we, we went with him with, to uh, to uh, Boston. Uh, Boston with MasterCard. For that extraordinarily unfortunate game, and too. And he was fired up after that. And we've been trying to get him on the show for a while, and I, I got to tell you, man, that, that guy... He he still wants it. 
Like he still wants to jump back on the ice and, oh, yeah. and, and crush people. He was like thinking about this Bruins fan that was chirping him. Like he was reenacting the story and he's like playing with a pencil in his hand and, and like he's you pissed. could just tell he was pretending the pencil was the Yeah, he's neck. he's laughing but not laughing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh he, yeah. He's he, cackling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember he played in Tampa before he got traded to Toronto. If he play if he was the exact same player he was with the Leafs in Tampa, the opportunities to work there just wouldn't be the same, right? Right. I'm just, you know, part of, and and I think Darcy recognized that he still lives in the city, and, you know, he said that those were the best years of his career, but, you know, being a Leaf has, like, value beyond just the moment, and that would be the sales pitch to me if you're the Leafs. I mean, what they're saying privately is this is a team that could win a Stanley Cup. Like, people are going to remember this team forever if that happens. Do you want to be a part of it? You might have to leave a little bit of money on the table, but here's the cap number, and they got they got their big wall at the Mastercard Center. Everyone's salary doesn't add up. Go to Cap Friendly. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so I think it, they're going to try to do that. I don't know if they'll be successful. I, do, I really don't. I mean, starts with Nylander. I, and I'm not saying it's Come all on, on his really. shoulders, but we're gonna. That's probably the first one we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I think if it'd be really interesting if Austin left some money on the table if he does the eight by eleven, because then I think if he's doing it, that well, sets an example. He's in a great John spot because he could take eight by eleven. You could still kind of spin it that he took less. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, he's yeah. not really taking no. less. No. That's, I mean, that out of entry level, that would be the second largest contract ever signed out of entry level. Besides <sighs> Connor McDavid. Besides Connor McDavid. So, I mean, that's probably about right. What are the odds we see Matthew sign Sorry before Sorry if Willie? Uh, your agent's listening, Austin. Yeah. So, what, what are the odds we see Austin sign before Willie? I hope my agent's listening. Get his agent. Jesus. Anyway, sorry. Well, part of me, this is more just. I've had a lot of summer to cook up like theories. At your fire in Saskatchewan, just well, no, <laughs> staring into it and thinking. I did go out to BC though and had a fire in Fernie with my oldest friend who built a house on the side of a mountain. It was awesome. Of but, course uh, you did. So maybe it, one does. maybe it took hold somewhere in the mountains of Fernie. But uh, because eight times eleven is so obvious that even we can see it, I sort of wonder if there's a wink, wink done there oh, a little bit, okay. and or. I don't know, maybe just as, like it would be less. And maybe they, not as urgent to cement that, even though both sides kind of know where the deal is, yeah. so that they can get Nylander done first. Just because you don't want to throw that <laughs> avoid out. the dry saddle thing. I mean, and look, if you're if you're Nylander and his agent, you know that's probably around where Austin's going to end up, but it's not cemented mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. and so you don't have the dry saddle effect. I, you know, part of me wonders if that that might be going because there really is no compelling reason to do the Matthews deal today. I mean, Jack Eichel's sign is, I think, October 3rd before last season. But, like, mm. it's not it's not going to stress Austin out. I mean, I'll tell you this much. Austin is probably not one bit scared if he doesn't have a contract this year because the odds of him potentially, say, winning a Rocket Richard trophy or becoming the assist king, whichever. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, maybe winning a major award or something that can get him into a different stratosphere, you know, I'm sure he, he would take that bet on himself. So... I do sort of wonder if I think Nylander will get done first. I, I'd be surprised because they don't have to do one with Austin. And my senses are not really anywhere with Marner. I think that's uh, that's a next summer project. Right, right. That'll be the next the thing we can talk about all oh, next Oh, everyone's going to fix it. I mean, he's going to play yeah. it tomorrow, uh, right? Yeah. And he's 90, gonna have, 90 points. He's going to be like player of the week in week one. He's going to have like yeah. 12 assists <laughs> in three games. And everyone's just going to be freaking out. Yeah. Well, let's get on, get on to the press conference before we actually run out of time here because we are running out of time. Um, JXX. AM wants to know, can you rank the other Canadian franchises by how strongly their fans think the Toronto media is biased against their team? <laughs> That's an awesome question. That's a good one. I like that. Listen, which cities do you hate? 
No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Let's stick to the original. I don't know. I don't know if you. So, ha- so can my be. impression of fans that think that the media is biased against their team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Winnipeg seven. So least. Least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I just sense a lot of love in Winnipeg, and and I think mm-hmm. even the national so. media kind of likes the Jets, like as a second favorite kind of team. I'm not speaking even just for myself, but you know when they went on their playoff run, I didn't sense any cynicism about what they were doing. Yeah. I don't think they're tired of Toronto. They're also an unbelievable team. Like, yeah. they're so. I'm supposed to not like Line A, but I'm like, damn it, they're fun. For chaos, <laughs> I'm just I'm hoping we see a Jets Leafs Cup one day. Oh, oh just, hell yeah. Just, Come on. just yeah. for pure chaos. Like, oh. NBC's ratings will be non existent. <laughs> Sports Nets will just destroy Explode. the universe, and it yeah. will be a memorable series no matter what happens. That'd be like 10 million people. Like in Canada, more. yeah, like two, more. two people in the United States. Yeah. Next, I would put Calgary at six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of ambivalence from I feel the that. Flames fan base. I feel that. Okay, I yeah. might even put them seven. It's they don't kick up as much fuss as their neighbors. Right, Edmonton ain't fifth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that would get tough. It does because. Yeah. I mean, first I'm choosing between Edmonton, Vancouver, and Montreal, basically. And Ottawa. I think Ottawa's like in the maybe the next tier. A little you know? higher. So yeah. Leafs, Leafs, Ottawa in the next tier. Where would you rank them? We'll go to them first. I would. I don't like, know. They're so they? beaten down. Yeah. In Ottawa, but they're tired. You're right. They, they also do think that they everybody's think out to get them too. Yeah. I don't think Montreal right. really thinks people pick on them, do they? No, that's. I was going to put Montreal next. Really? Yeah. They, they pick mm-hmm. on each other. Yeah, Montreal's their own media. Yeah. I mean, they're getting yeah. a bit tired of the Leafs, I think. Like, yeah. all of the league is going oh, to God, shortly. But God forbid, two years of the Leafs. We're, <laughs> we've heard Montreal for the last 25. Yeah. I think they'll be okay. So then I sort of feel like the natural next one, for me, uh, it's so hard to choose between those. <laughs> I'd probably say uh, that's tough. I've got Edmonton in a one slot. Oh, yeah? Un- unquestionably. Mm-hmm. Like, Ottawa. More so than Vancouver? I Vancouver's uh, got to be number Vancouver two. Vancouver might be three with Ottawa, I'm too. Oh. to put Vancouver three, yeah. Because, like, I don't sense a lot. Like, they hate everything about Toronto in general and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they complain. They complain about the four o'clock local starts mm-hmm. when the Leafs are there. Which I just don't understand. Do you know what I noticed? An interesting thing that's happened in this year's schedule. What? The Leafs-Vancouver game is not the Saturday game in Western Canada. For the first time in my years covering the team. Wow. It's the Leafs-Edmonton game that is a Saturday night game when they do the Western well, Canada swing. And how could it not be, right? So McDavid Matthews. Vancouver will get yeah. its wish and they will play a 7 o'clock local game or 7.30, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be Edmonton that has the 5 o'clock with their time. Leafs-McDavid. Yeah. I know. Well, finally. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. about yeah. time. Well, Vancouver's just so bad. You can't put them in that slot. Yeah. I think they always just did because they, you know, they got good support. I think they get really good TV numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were a good team. They were a really yeah, good team. For a long time. They, they made sense. But they're just the last three years they finished in the bottom two. Yeah, they stayed. They finished bottom two two they're, times. They're yeah. freaking terrible. But it's um, interesting because the schedule is all different this year. Like the Leafs kind of done like clusters of games have been the same from year to year to year, like certainly the road trips. Mm-hmm. And this year it's all out of order and different and interesting. So yeah. let's let's start let's let's see where we're at here. Uh at number it seven, it was Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Winnipeg Calgary, 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 Montreal, Montreal, Montreal Toronto? 
Oh wait. Are we including? No, no. This I guess we don't include. If we're doing seven, then we got to start oh. at six. Oh right? yeah. If so we're not including. Yeah, Toronto. we're doing My seven. Yeah. <laughs> no one said to be back. Oh, come back. <laughs> <laughs> like, is, so we're not so, including Toronto? No. Okay. So it would so be six. So yeah, six would be Winnipeg. Five Calgary. Four Montreal. Three Vancouver. Two Ottawa. One Edmonton. So you you felt the Edmonton effect as well. Oh, dude, Edmonton it's from, it's from the media bound too. Like, like no it's not the fans. The fans listening, but damn. But honestly, no one comes out of this with their hands clean. Like Twitter is just a shit show these yeah, days. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, you don't well, say. Did you watch? Like, the I'm board not saying debates? like Edmonton is really that much worse than anywhere else. It's just it, in my highly biased opinion, is probably the worst at the moment. But like, it's. I mean, everything is crazy. This war stuff is just—it's crazy. The war stuff. Like, I, uh, you know what? I haven't seen a single tweet about it. I, I, yeah, Did you I, mute war from here? Yeah, uh, you should no, mute he, the word he deleted, war. He deleted out of Twitter here. from his phone. Yeah, I deleted it from my phone. It's been off for two or three weeks now. Only desktop. What? Only desktop. I needed a break, and you know what? It's been great, man. Yeah, but September thirteenth, you're like back. Yeah, you're oh, back I'm getting it back. Yeah. I know. Everyone's like, "Oh, you'll be back." Yes, I know. It's part of my job. <laughs> But it's August, and I had some shit to do, and it made me feel better. The blue room's done? Blue room's all done, man. You can come over. What's it look like? Awesome. It did actually you, is cool. Did you rebuild it the same way, or did you make it no. a better blue room? So the the wall underneath the shelf is now, that's going to be the background for general NHL videos. So if I were to do a video on, like, the Reich and Carrick trade, for example, that would be the background. Can you please or do whether or not hockey still has a place in the game. Or whether or not, yeah, I misspoke in my hockey video that I just did. I said I was talking about, I wanted to say whether or not fighting still has a place in hockey, and I said whether or not ho- hockey still has a place in hockey. And it made this cut? I just, I missed it. I missed it. Wow. It's a problem with editing your own shit. This yeah. is like chilled out August Steve. He doesn't even know what he's saying. That's amazing. I, uh, I would blame it on August if I didn't make those sorts of mistakes all the time. Uh, I got an international wall with like a Canada jersey. So if like the World Juniors come on, Olympics come on, uh, you know, whatever, I'll, that'll be the background. And then my leaf wall is the biggest wall and it's sick. I can show you a picture. Did you buy new things for it? I got a few new things. I got something I accidentally won at an auction. You ever done that? Where you're like, oh, place a bid. Oh, shit, I won. Yeah. Now I have to pay that. I live right? in a condo, so I haven't done that. Like, no. <laughs> I, I'm under strict orders. Like, nothing comes home. It's got to wow. be. Like, I got the sign off Team Canada's door from the Sochi Olympics. And I, and I was Come on! What? And I, I was <laughs> here and you just drop that now? Come on! And so I was allowed to bring that in, but like it's got to be at about that level for oh me to bring God. it home. It's got to be at a, just a one-of-a-kind thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's going to be like be 20 grand Hall of Fame somewhere. Yeah. That should I'll give it to them. I'm not looking to make money off it. <laughs> you should be. Why wouldn't you make money that off should, that? You're not even wrong. That should absolutely be in the hockey. No, Hall it's of just fame. a sign from their dressing room. Door. Oh, yeah, yeah, that should probably yeah, be in the Hall of Fame. All the stuff in the Hall of Fame. They brought sticks and gloves and medals and pucks. <laughs> I've got the team. I want to see a picture. I want to see a picture. That's one of the coolest yeah. pieces of That's so cool. Anyone I know has. I'm like, that's really cool. I'm man. like, wow. I'm like blown away right now. Yeah. By the way, you should be totally was, using that as an investment piece. I'm you just should be saying. under arrest. This is. Do you know what? I don't. I, I could finally talk about this, but it it's been hard. Oh boy, what is? This? So here we go again because under the context of living in a small space in downtown Toronto and having a wife who doesn't like any clutter, I can only bring certain things home, right? So what I bring home has to matter. And so I was in the party with the Team Canada guys after they won in Sochi. Like it wasn't a crazy party. It was just in like this little area in the rink. And I brought home a beer glass, and it was my most cherished beer glass from Sochi oh. with the Russian beer on it, and it broke. <gasps> oh, oh, damn. 
and I like oh. didn't put it in the dishwasher naturally. Yeah, of course. Kept it in its own special spot to not have it break, and it would only have it like if I was watching a big game or something. Like I remember I brought it out for like one of the World Junior Finals, but like it wasn't like it wasn't oh. regular rotation. Can I ask it how? Knocked off the table. Damn. Smash right on the hardwood. Oh. I mean, it's just the glass. But that was like a glass I wanted to have forever just because it was so cool. Honestly, I would say if if any of the privilege I've got out of my job, and, you know, obviously a lot of it's just travel and stuff. Like, I go to the games, but usually don't. But, like, that was – I bumped into someone with Team Canada when I was in the hallway, and he brought me in, and, like, I had a beer with some of the players I knew. And it was just like – it's probably my greatest memory, first of all, as a traveler anywhere in the world. Like, just being with those guys right – they were in Russia. They just won the gold medal. Like, it was just really cool to be a fly on the wall. And and I brought that glass home and it it it's gone. So it's somehow overshadowed that I also ripped the sign off their door <laughs> because they left and the sign was just there. Like if it wasn't gonna me, it was gonna be someone else. I'm glad it was you. I yeah. want to so see did, the you, sign. did you put that in your luggage to take it home? Like how did you get I on the plane? I put it in the carry on. And I was like showing it to like Brilliant. everyone on the plane because yeah, like they just won. And and first the other thing too is like when you come home for the Olympics, like you've, carry on, yeah. you've just worked for like. Every day for like twenty like hours. Weeks. I mean, it's yeah. like the greatest. It's the greatest. Like, going to the Olympics is my favorite thing. I I would go every Olympics. So I would cover shot putting or yeah. I would cover any event and love it. Like put my whole heart into it. Yeah. But you're exhausted when you're coming home. And so you know the gold medal game is on the last day. I I think I just slept. I actually worked all night and then went to the airport basically. So you're just so excited to get on that plane going home. Mm. And I uh, had the sign out and was taking pictures with like the, the people on the plane. And it was awesome. I mean, it's cool. I don't feel like even sitting here right now, I don't feel a ton of Canadian pride. But when you're like in a foreign country and you're at the Olympics, like you can't help but feel a little twinge. I mean, my, my, dark, my heart is not that cold and dark mm-hmm. that I wasn't not happy at that point to see Canada win the gold medal. And to see them win too because I was at the women's final as well. Wow. Which was bananas. Which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what's funny? That was the only night off. I'd have to look at the schedule, but that was the only night, theoretically, I didn't have to go. Like, we had someone else assigned to, to cover the game itself, and that was, like, of the whole tournament, the way the schedule worked. That would be, like, the only night if you just wanted to have a night to do something normal. Yeah. And, like, a huge percentage of the media did that. But I was like, I'm not missing a gold medal game. Like, anything could happen. And I'm so glad I went. Oh, I think man. I wrote a sidebar or something. But, like, it was, so you know, lucky. I worked a little bit, but just to be there was, like, bananas. You were there, and I and I bet you you'll never forget that game. But the guys that went out and didn't go to the game will forget that meal. Like it'll probably be like a non-factor, right? right? I, I don't want to. No, of kick course those not. Guys, but it's like I'm you, made, names you made the right choice. I think well, I would have made that uh, choice. Yeah. Do you know what's <laughs> funny is a group of like the the buddies I'm closest with that I would have been at dinner with. They bumped into uh, the Canadian bobsledder Kaylee Humphreys. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Her partner, and they just won a gold medal. And they sent her a bottle of champagne like across the restaurant to her. And then she like came and like hung out with them. And Aww, so they had a cool night too. She that's seems super pretty cool. cool. But still. Still. I, do you know what? If Kaylee listens to this, maybe they've been lying to me about that. Because I never fact checked that. I just heard that. <laughs> I just heard that they were generous. And Kaylee, like, Kaylee blinked twice on Twitter if you listen to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we actually did that to the Penguins once. And they actually tweeted at Steve and blinked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Penguins Twitter account. Like Penguins Twitter account. Yeah. I think it was just some intern, but still. <laughs> no. That's amazing. No, that's, no, um, that's pretty cool. Like, the Leafs could, like, if you, you could never do that with the Leafs, ever. You could never acknowledge that. No, Saski used to tweet at Steve all the time. The Leafs, the Leafs could? Could? Yeah. She no, the, I, during games, she would reply to you if you're tweeting about the game. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the name of the Penguins person. Are I think I do, but I'm not sure. 
Uh, not yet. Not yet. They're no. doing interviews. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a. Uh, I apply. No, I'm kidding. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it, it'd be funny if she did. I'd be. I would be genuinely I, curious. No. And surprised. Um, yeah, because I'm not. Well, who a can good we? Candidate. Who can we do the blink test to right now? Who can the, we I do? think the penguins still. All right. You <laughs> want to do it to the penguins again, or do you want to do, do it to a different team? We could do it to Doug Sifu. <laughs> Good. He was a guest once when I was yeah. on with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. You were there for that show. Um, Everyone who listens ever, blink at us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just gonna get yes. all a bunch of eye emojis. <laughs> and we'll really know if you're listening because you'll include you want, me. And I'm not. I, I think the Panthers. Panthers three hours. Pan- you want to do it to so the Panthers? Yeah, we're doing to the Panthers. Are you sure? I think the Panthers. You sure, the Panthers. I think the Panthers. Hey, Drancer, are you listening? Yeah, buddy. How you doing? Okay, Florida. Blink twice if you're listening. I was climbing Arthur's Seat. It's this like mountain hill, yeah, whatever. In Scotland. In, in Scotland. Halfway up, I ran into Drance. <laughs> he just turns the corner and goes, Dangle? Really? Yeah. Man, the world is small. Mm-hmm. It is a teeny tiny little pea in the middle of the universe. Yes. Um, I once was in Croatia traveling and I bumped into a guy like I'd known forever and we had no notion that either of us was there. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. We, we're running out of time. Okay. But I do want to end on Chris's bold prediction. Oh, man. Uh, that we are not going to hold you to, we promise. Okay, maybe a little. All right. Chris gets arrested for having that time. I know there's, I, so I know there's something. Mine. Chris can't. There's got to be something behind this, by the way. Whatever Leafs he cup. says. No, I can't say that. <laughs> Joe Bowen already said it. Yeah. That's yeah. Been he, he, that, that quote is so funny, too. What I was did on he the, say? I, I was on the, the fan morning show the next day. He's like, they'll win the cup next year. This year. 2018. Well, no, 2018 cups already been awarded, but you know, like this coming, like he couldn't spit it out. But yeah, he, he was like, McCowan's like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Wasn't he on there because he signed a five year deal? Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So my point is, he could have hedged his bet and be like, they're going to win the cup in my deal. Yeah, there you go. Right? No, but he said, he said it was this year. And a lot of people would be like, yeah, totally. That's not even bold. <laughs> this year, now, damn it. Right this minute. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Leafs are winning the cup this year. So I don't either. Um, but just well, know. it could happen. Yeah, yeah. but that cannot be your big bold prediction, though. Yeah, no, yeah. there's just too many factors. I've not thought about hockey nearly enough to give you a good answer to this. So, like, what would be bold if I could predict either one team's terrible that you don't expect to be terrible? It doesn't have to be a team. It could be a player. It could be a storyline. It could be anything. Uh, Mike Augello last year called that the Blackhawks would miss the playoffs. No, no it was, was Gus Katsaros. Oh, it was Gus, Gus and he was absolutely right. Yeah, so that was a good. Bold prediction. No, that, that was that was it's bold funny. at the time. Yeah, yeah. You funny know? that you bring up noted Jake Gardner hater, Mike Ojello, <laughs> who was single handedly trying to get him traded out of town. Is he? Mike? Yeah, Mike. I can't stand the way he plays, and he'd tell you that. Like he's yeah. uh, Mike, um, blink twice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mike, will be, blink. Mike yeah. will be listening. That's a good blink. <laughs> I don't know. This is deep. Yeah, like at this point, I assume it's only people who fell asleep. Yeah, no, no, who might re- like wake up. Question for Mike Ojello. You're alone on a desert island with Jake Gardner, armed only with a shovel. How do you kill Martin Marincic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not you know what we should, we should do, although I can't, I guess the season's coming quick. We should yeah. come back and do like an over-under or something, like a Leafs over-under mm. game yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like Matthews, like point 40 totals, goals. goals. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do that? All right, go ahead well, we and invite definitely. yourself back in the show. Come on back. Well, I don't have to do the whole time. I can just do that. Yeah, we'll call you come back for that. Whatever you want. Or we can, you can come in for 20 minutes of a show and we'll do that. We'll do a segment yeah, with you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't even have a job right now, so I'll do whatever you guys need. <laughs> I know I don't have a job right now, so uh, yeah. We are two-fourths <laughs> unemployed right now. Yeah. 
And right. Steve, Steve's contract expired. Yeah, no extension offered yet. I'm a YouTuber. That's not a job. <laughs> Only Jesse's keeping this thing legit. Yeah, and I run social media accounts, which isn't that's a phony job, anyways. <laughs> I think Jesse's the only one with benefits. Yeah, no, no, Adam. Uh, Adam's got like leftover benefits. He's got negotiated benefits. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the fumes. Yeah, uh, I most certainly don't have benefits. Bold prediction. I don't have one. You know what? Yeah. Okay, Chris, all here's right, the deal. All right. Okay, next time. Okay, we're gonna do this show within the next month. Wait, before just, before training I feel like camp. I want to say something that I can come back here go and say I told you. Yeah, that's what we want. But yeah. I don't so have think it about right it. Now. When will you have that? Do you think? Can we give you a month? Like, yeah, you come you back can before give training me days. camp. It's just like I literally. Like, honestly, my life is just, like, wake up and be like, oh, look at this endless nothing. Like, <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So I, we're gonna my point is, I'm not, like, looking at, like, yeah, hockey yeah. highlights yeah. these days. It's August 20th. Steve. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Right before training camp, we'll have you back on. Is that cool? Yes. All right, and then we'll, then we will, this is the tease. Bold prediction then. As yes. well as some other stuff too. Good. And I'll come with, like, maybe I'll come with, like, three bold predictions or something. Like, something. Tell, Chris, Chris Johnston's top three. <laughs> I don't know. Burning tennis. Any number. <laughs> yeah. 3J. <laughs> I'm going to do my, I'm going to give you 91. Every one for each of John Tavares' numbers. There you go. We found a, we found a title of this episode, by three, the way. 3J. 3J. And nobody will get it unless they listen this long. Chris Johnson, our favorite person, best friend of the show. All right. I love that voice. You not love that? Come on. Oh, I love that. I thought that about that on the way here. I'm like, oh, best friend of the show. I'm going to say that. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Did you drive here? I did. Yeah, well, I don't live there anymore. Oh. It's a commuter. Five minutes. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.